This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Coming up on a Friday, Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Save that. Save that. Everybody, Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Happy to be here with you on a Friday in what was probably uh, one of the longer weeks I can remember, uh, certainly. But we did make it, and uh, we are going to cruise into the weekend. Great to be here with you this morning. Hope that you uh, stayed dry and and safe yesterday. Uh, My name is Woodsy. That is Paul Rindle. He's the executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. To my left, Benjamin R. Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor good morning benjamin good morning woods it is friday friday i said it was friday already i love it i love the friday open too it differentiates the day it does because sometimes the days all feel the same like you're doing them over and over again i was waiting speculating about the padres outfield once again every single day kind of like it's you know groundhog day go ahead Groundhog Day. That's right, Woodchuck It's Groundhog Day. I hate it. I hate it so much. You hate it every year. I hate it every year. I can't stand it. I I said five minutes ago. Make sure we don't open with that stupid song from Sunny. Oh, you mother! I, I do not want to hear this. I hate it. I gotta say, after you left yesterday, Ben said, "Oh, should we open with?" Sunny and share tomorrow. Maybe add the the gurgle noise. The, oh. go. Start with Sunny and share like every other, other radio show stage. in yep. America. Everybody, everybody. It's okay to be different. It's okay to not. To, it's okay to go against the grain. I will admit this. <laughs> what did I tell you about your comedy? 
Remember? I know. What did I tell I, you? I know, I know. No I'm more comedy ideas from you. To... Give me your mundane. Your mundane leads to conversations like we had yesterday right, about so bondage. Here's my mundane then about Groundhog Day. We're in San Diego. Like, the idea of predicting more winter is <laughs> about Stupid. as completely opposite of what we are. So this really makes absolutely no sense as a holiday. Hold on. It also doesn't make any sense as a holiday because an effing groundhog comes out and sees his shadow. <laughs> that's why it also doesn't make and any sense as a holiday. And that's the other part that, that doesn't make sense. And if you really want to know, uh, he did. Uh, Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow. So early spring, congratulations to everyone in upstate Pennsylvania. But yeah, and then Rochester, New York. Congrats. The, the part that I never got was... So if he doesn't see his shadow, it's in early spring. If he sees his shadow, he gets scared. Six more weeks of winter. But that would mean like if it was a blizzard that day, like a like a completely horrible day, you wouldn't see your shadow. Correct. Which means, oh, early spring. So the worse the weather is that day, the earlier the spring is coming, I guess, yeah, if it's a I beautiful day. It, would, it could be 80 degrees and sunny. Groundhog sees his shadow. Oh, it's more winter. That doesn't make any sense to me. It Again, should be the opposite. It's very arbitrary. You know why? Because it's an effing groundhog that's looking at his shadow. And I don't know the idiot that came up with this bit, but I can't stand it. It drives me nuts every single year. This is pitiful. A thousand people Stupid. freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. <laughs> Can't stand it. Every single year, it makes me insane. Just put your little hands in my like. Ah, it just kills me. It just kills me. I wanted to um, to uh, start the show by uh, I texted the, the fellas last night. If you missed yesterday's show, it legitimately went down for me as one of the. My favorite and the best, one of the shows I'll be most proud of for the rest of my life. I was so, I went home and I watched the clips that Paulie posted of um, the the thing that we did with the Gurgles. We may replay that today because it was so funny if you missed it yesterday. It's on social media, but many of you aren't on social media. We need to remember that. Um, and then the clip of Ben, sweet, innocent oh. Ben, explaining to me uh, S&M and bondage and BDSM. And I I just wanted to tell you both how uber talented you are. You're just it makes it makes coming to work so much more fun to work with talented people that really, really are good at what they do and really, really care about what goes out over the airwaves. It's not your traditional uh sports radio conversation, certainly by any stretch, but I just watched it over and over, and I said to myself, <laughs> it was this real, realization for me where I said, we are exactly what I have always wanted to be, where we are having fun, we get along, we have good chemistry, and you never know where the show's going to go. And that, to me, makes it the most exciting thing. You two are wildly, wildly, wildly talented and entertaining. So thank you for yesterday, because you both knocked it out of the park uh, the audience died. I mean, they died. People were somebody. One of Paulie's basketball teammates said, "I choked on my coffee yesterday listening to the movies that you guys did with the gurgle." Uh, I had people DMing me about, you know, Mister Freak on a leash over here, Ben Higgins. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, it's just weird to me yeah. that there's a. Well, it shouldn't be weird. I mean, like he's like a submissive. You've seen that, right? The 
in like what? like S and M that you know in that subculture you have like a dominant and a submissive and there are yes. people who like to be ordered around or bossed around when it comes to their you know play fantasies that's a real thing that's a psych i mean it's not even that's like a healthy sometimes psychological way you can separate it oftentimes like powerful people like ceos will enjoy oh my god like not having control for a while What's in their happening? life I mean, I don't have any personal experience. No, with this, that's but... what I would. You sound because you're speaking as you, if you're the foremost authority yeah. on doms and submissives. He asked. I mean, you're, to answer your question, yes, I've heard I like of to it. be informed <laughs> on subjects. We had a new I like uh, in there as well, which I did not notice until uh, last night. Somebody pointed that out. But um, yeah, the the information was. Great. I think you're overestimating my my talent. I am simply a curious person who also likes to explain things to people. And that's, <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much all I do here. It's, it's funny. We talked about this the other day. You Okay, so we were talking about kind of like our fatal flaws, if you will. Ben's is he really likes to explain things to people that, listen, take one look at me and you're like, oh, he knows about BDSM. I'm not also not a practitioner of it. Um, I wouldn't be opposed at all, Hannah. Uh, but, but I also know in my, that relationship, she'd be the one grinding a heel into uh, my throat. So, And uh, I, I know that can be a bad quality. That's what know-it-alls, mansplainers, it's not... It's not necessarily a, an attractive thing to be an explainer. <laughs> However, in my defense, I often find myself wishing other people would explain things to me okay. that I don't understand. All right. If you just take a moment just to clear clear the air, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Sure. I like I like being on the same page. Do you I like to be informed <laughs> on subjects. Do you ha- All right. Any questions that you'd like to ask of me that I could maybe, maybe me and Polly could explain something I will let to. you know. Every, right. I will raise my hand. Okay, raise your hand. When I have a question and want something explained to me. So we were, talk, we were talking about fatal flaws, and Ben's like, yeah, that's kind of mine. I'll, I'll explain things when really nobody asks. Now, I'm so glad that you do that because it leads <laughs> to that goal. You know what mine is? I told you this, and you started laughing hysterically. Mine is, it's in the same vein. I love to give recommendations. Giving recommendations yes, is do. one of my favorite yes, things to do. Listen to this music. Watch this show. Yes, Watch this read movie. This book. Read this book. Woods loves giving recommendations to people. Taking recommendations <laughs> is not my favorite. Again, no offense to anyone out there. If you have ever sent me a song, I haven't listened to it. I'm... <laughs> Maybe one percent. It's a really. It's probably ego maniacal. It's probably narcissistic. I don't think it's good. Anytime, hey, check out this band. I go. Ugh. It's all. It's a weird thing. I have to discover it on my own, even if I'm way late to the party. But boy, how many times do I come here? Oh, you guys got to see this. Oh, you guys got to hear this. That's and everyone's three years old. Everyone has. Everyone just kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's. It's my fatal flaw, and that's a little bit of mansplaining. But it's also like I refuse to take anybody else's guidance or. Okay, so confession and Polly, you're kind of in on this too. 
we know this about you. And when Paul and I would like to do something on the show, we often have to team up and try to figure out ways to make you think you came up with the idea. Because we know if we suggest it, it's a non-starter. So Paul and I will often discuss, all right, this would be really good. How can we make Woods think it was his idea so we can actually do it on the show? You just got to drop breadcrumbs. <laughs> Around this topic, and then Woods will go, Oh, hey, what if we do this? And you yes! like, Yeah, that's a great idea, yes! Woods. Son of a bitch, man. Son of a bitch. I'm telling you. So, my wife, Hannah, and I have a, we have a shared playlist on Spotify that we started building. So, our, our 10 year anniversary is on Sunday of the day we met in the 949 studio. And, uh, Total lightning bolt, love at first sight type situation. We started texting and talking. She would not go out with me because I was too old. And but she goes, I not. She's she goes. Let's do this. Here's some songs I like on Spotify. I'm going to add you to it. You add songs that I like. We can listen to each other's songs together, and we'll know kind of what the our personalities are. Bro, I don't know that I've ever listened. I mean, like a couple of them, and I was like, "Well, this this is terrible." Like, I, what am I gonna do? I'm like, I love this woman already, and I'm like, but then I'm calling her, going, "What did you think of this? What did you think of that band Crosses? What do you think of this?" She's like, "It's fine. It's, it's okay." I don't know that I've ever listened to really um, a lot of it, and it's really my it's really one of my fatal flaws. <laughs> but I I feel like maybe it comes from a place of goodness, because if you recommended something to me and I hated it. You'd know it immediately when you ask, hey, what'd you think of that song? And I'm like, eh, this is all right. It was okay. I, it's the worst part about me. Yeah, Hannah says he skips all of my songs. Every time. <laughs> Dude, we'll be in the car. She'll and go, monster. Put, on, put on our playlist. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now, she's also familiar with the concept of make Woods think that it was his idea. <laughs> and she describes it as thus. The man is the head, but the woman is the neck. Yes. And she was, she'll was. she lead you like, okay, get him to look over here yes. because this is what I want you to do. And, and you guys... Brilliant. You brilliant. Guys, you guys do it to me. You guys do it to me as well. Yes. And you have no idea <laughs> yes. until, until now. <laughs> this is amazing. This is like revolutionary. This is a... I feel like... Uh, You're constantly being managed yes, silently yes, in the background. by everyone yeah. in my life. <laughs> That's so good, man. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. I do. I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry I skip all of your songs. I really, I really, um, I can't even say I don't mean to. I absolutely mean to. I'm sorry. It's just, it's a, it's a fatal flaw. It's a personality trait in me where, again, I've had so many, Woods, you'll love this band. And I'm like, oh God, oh God. The anxiety I get, because if I've never heard of them, right? And I'm like, I gotta click on this YouTube feed. I gotta go listen to this band. I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I wish I was better. I'll try. That's all I can say is I'll try. Like, will you? I'll say I, I will. I'm gonna try to be better. I'm will gonna, you? I'm going to try. <laughs> you know what? I don't want you to change. I, you are yourself, and you're you're great just the way you are. Woods. Oh, I, I hate this dude because it's so it's so so true about me and i love your ben splaining i love it i ask for it because i need it like he had to explain to me yesterday how super bowl squares work i don't know i don't know 
I was like, what numbers do I get? Well, don't obvi- get any he's numbers. like, obviously, idiot. You want the ones with a seven or a three? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that well, makes why? sense. Because! Because! <laughs> it's actually down to seven points. Cheater says, is it only with music or... No, man, it's really about everything. It's like... It's it's movies, it's TV shows. Like the Craig Elston segment he used to do on our show. That I actually kind of enjoyed. But he knew even... He even knew. He'd be like... Woodsy, close your ears. This one's not for you. You're right. Like he knew. Right. He's like he's not going to watch this. He, everybody knows that. Hey, about I try me. not to send you a ton of stuff. No, but you and I have a very. We are in the same universe when it comes to our senses of humor. Sure. So I'm like, or or even music taste or movies or whatever. It doesn't have to be just funny. But when I send you something, I legitimately am like, I know you would like this, but now I know. You recommended something deleted. to me the other day that I am planning on watching, and it was a uh, it's an episode of how South Park oh, yeah. uh, was it's a written. Mini documentary, mini doc. like 45 minutes. Now, I don't like South Park particularly because I don't like cartoons, but, but I went and watched it again after we talked about it. It's called Six Days to Air. Six Days to Air. And it's on HBO Max. Okay. And they're 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 they have 24 hours to get a whole show written. And well, they, I, they do it week by week. So it's they have six days to air. Airs on a Wednesday. Thursday is day one of the new episode that airs the following Wednesday. And there are times where they're like, they get to Monday and they're like, we've got three scenes done. There's nothing. We're out of, out of juice. The creativity. I mean, those guys, whether or not you like animation or South Park in particular, the writers of that show are Genius. There's no like basketball. One of my favorite movies of all time. Genius. The same guy. Matt and Trey. Bill Hader's in this documentary because he was a writer for them for a while. But I and like the sheer panic. The, it's the panic. It's the the, the creativity. Creativity of the minds. Yeah, it's, I love that. So that I will watch because that 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 intrigued me because I can relate it to what we do because we do that a lot on this show as well. Like, what are we going to do? That they so. feature a woman in their legal department that has to take every questionable scene yep. or phrase or word that they have in the script and run it by the legal department and be like, yeah, you can't say blank. Sorry, EST3. Animation, not cartoons. I don't particularly like animation, and I really don't particularly like Cartman's voice is what really got me off of the show the first time I watched it. The writing, again, is brilliant. The jokes, from what I heard, are funny. But I, I can't do it. I don't think somehow. you're supposed to like it. The voice. I, I, it's, it's not a likable voice. But it's not, it's not. I can't watch it yeah. because of that. But, man, holy crap, that was fun. All right. We are, uh, we're underway. Fun. Let's take a quick break. Check traffic. Hopefully everybody is safe out there. Uh, a little less rain today, although it's still wet out on the roadways. Uh, Kelly, we'll let you know what's up, and then we'll set the menu, including a giant trade that went down in Major League Baseball yesterday. It's Ben and Woods. Uh, glad to have you with us on a Friday morning on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
back in my phone and found like one example of managing Woods oh, with no. Paulie and I. Oh, and no. I texted Paul last year. Said I got an email about comedian Bert Kreischer coming to San Diego later this year. Now, uh, is that something oh, that we should God. set up? And Paulie said, "Oh my God, yes." Woods thinks he doesn't like him, but I think he may be the funniest comedian in the game. He would be a massive get. So at that point, it's trying to figure out how we can convince you, Woods, to change your mind on something without realizing that we're trying to get you to change your mind on something. Now, that concert or show <laughs> yeah. was back in, I want to say, October. Yeah, it was sometime summer. Or, yeah, We did not, obviously, have yeah. Burt Kreischer in the studio, <laughs> so you guys all know how that went <laughs> when we pitched it, but... Yes, that's one of those moments where I, as the younger and producer of the show, would say, guys, he's one of the biggest names in comedy on the planet. That would be a massive get. But Woods hasn't heard him, so he's not going to... I've heard him. He's not going to go watch it. (laughs) It's because you say, here's how it works. Go watch his latest Netflix special. And I'm like, no, I'm out. Right there, you lose. I just We got a tweet from our beloved, beloved hillbilly boy himself. Chris Foster tweets, I stopped suggesting shows to Stephen Woods because he just says, pass. And then our other buddy Travis goes, me thinking back to all the songs I've sent, shaking his head, you son of a bitch. And I'm so sorry. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm literally the worst. I, I don't know what to say. I'm the worst. Just Let's make it easy on each other. Just don't send me anything. Nobody send me anything. And I'll, but you'll continue to, I'll make, continue plenty of to make plenty of to recommendations to everyone all and the if, time. And if you like them, great. If you don't, we just move on amicably. <laughs> oh God, well, I got something new to talk to my therapist about. Hey, why am I the world's biggest a hole? All right, oh, I'm so sorry to everyone out there. If you've sent me something, I probably don't watch it. I definitely don't like it, and I'm just sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's all I can say. I'm just trying to be honest with you. <laughs> all right, it is the uh, Friday edition of Men and Woods, and obviously uh, coming up here in the first half of the program, we're going to discuss the big trade that went down yesterday, the Milwaukee Brewers sending Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles for a, a couple of prospects and a compensatory draft pick. And I think, the obviously, the big... The big question here in San Diego among Padres fans is when you look at that price, is that something you wish A.J. Preller had done? Had he dipped into his stash of prospects? I guarantee you they could have beaten that. They could have beaten that package if they wanted to. Did they want to for a one-year rental for a pitcher who's going to command an insane salary on the free agent market? We'll talk about the big move in Major League Baseball yesterday. Uh, Obviously, we'll do our regular features, take on Woods on a Friday, coming up at 7.10. Don't do this in our 7 o'clock hour as well. Um, Woods, you you commented on Twitter about a story yesterday that I want to bring up as well. It's not a new Suggestion necessarily, but it was getting some traction again yesterday. It always does this time of year. It's the idea of moving the Super Bowl from Sunday to Saturday instead of Super Bowl Sunday. Why not move it up a day when there's already a week between the games, an extra week in between the conference championships and the Super Bowl? Why do we get 14 days in between? They'll be fine with 13. 13 days is manageable. Why do we wait to have the big parties in the late afternoon on a Sunday when everyone has to get up and go to work the next day when we could just as easily do it on a Saturday, really enjoy ourselves, and then still have Sunday to 
kind of recover and and get back going again. And I thought, what? I, why don't they do this? And I, I was actually hoping you could come up with a couple of good reasons why they wouldn't do it. But I saw a couple of people responding, Adam being one of them. He brought up something, and I go, all right, well, we can talk about that tomorrow for sure. Because I can't, for the life of me, uh, think that this needs to continue at all on a Sunday. And then uh, we'll have a writer report in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll wrap up the late in the show. We will have uh, one more guest this week, making it two guests this week, uh, when Trevor Baptiste of uh, your San Diego Seals will join us at 940. Now, for people who are not... You know, hugely following the Seals closely. What is it that makes Trevor Baptiste so special? Think about the best uh, anything that you know. The best. So in your mind, you're thinking, he Eddie Van Halen was the best guitar player in the world. Think about Manny Machado is the best third baseman I've ever seen. Phil Mickelson, short game. Short game. Trevor Baptiste is better at his job than anybody in the world is at their job. He's the best of the best on the planet Earth right now at his job. One specific thing he does for the SEALs. He's literally the greatest of all time. He is. It's he, like uh, Paulie is the greatest of all time at putting in funny sound bites. Yes. On a- He's better at his job than Eddie Van Halen was at playing guitar. He's not a better guitar player than Eddie Van Halen. No. He's better at his job than Eddie Van he's Halen was He's not better than guitar. Paul at putting in little sound bites. Yeah, he's better. He's better than everyone. He's the best. He's the literal, literal best in the world today. And uh, at, at one specific aspect, he is a fantastic player. I'm, when we got him, I screamed audibly because it was the number one thing that the Seals needed to win a championship. And we got it. And we're on the track. So uh, our game is Sunday. It's 3 p.m. game. Uh, it's Military Appreciation Day. You can get your tickets at SealsLax.com. I'm fired up. I'm fighting the crud. Uh, but I will be there. I will be banging on the glass. If you haven't been to a Seals game yet, it's electric. Um, we, the show, are going to be out at a Seals game together here in a couple of weeks. We'll have more details on that as they get finalized. That's one you don't want to miss. Johnny says in the chat, never heard of him. Pass. <laughs> Johnny, you son of a bitch. This is how it feels. This is how it feels. I got to tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Not in the, not in the slightest. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, we've all heard of Corbin Burns. I think that's where we start today with the big move that went down to Major League Baseball yesterday and whether or not the Padres should have gotten involved in those trade talks. Get to that coming up next. If you want to join us, maybe early phone calls as well on this topic, 833-288-0973. good this week. Yeah, they have been good uh, because we've had plenty of time without any guests or just one guest all week. So it's your turn out there, Tier 1s. Give us a call, 833-288-0973. It's Bennett Woods, back after this on 97.3 The Fan.
What do you guys think the uh, general reaction to the Fan Fest announcement yesterday was? Pretty positive. Yeah, I thought it was really positive, and I thought, you know, I, thought, I also saw a lot of, well, man, after last year, I don't know if I can, that was such an S show. And um, Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be like last year. Last year was insane. It was truly, truly insane. It was awesome. I loved it, but um, yeah, Paulie made a good point yesterday when he said, you know, if you go down there with your expectations low, like everybody wants to leave there with a signed ball from Fernando and Manny and you catch Darvish one of those and, gold seam yeah, balls and turn it out with in a, for jersey. a jersey. Yeah, <laughs> everybody wants that. If you go in with low expectations, maybe some good things will happen. Um, you know, I, I would love to see you guys out at FanFest. We're going to be I mean, broadcasting. My best live. advice would be: there's you'll see the list of players and coaches or whoever that will be there for the photo and autograph sessions. They're going to be long lines. Yeah, they're going to be hugely long. Disneyland. Yeah, and I, I, you pick one ride that you want to go on. Yeah, pick one. And if you get it, great. You, that's not even that's not guaranteed. Correct. But you're probably not going to get two. So just keep that in mind. My like takeaway, the memory that I will never forget from last year's Fan Fest was we were broadcasting live and our had our little pop up tent and our table set up. And when Jake Cronenworth came by and the crush of people was so crowded and was right at the end of our show. And we had to get out at that point. <laughs> and it was like, there was no way. There was no way to get out. It, w- it was like Jake was a beetle. And we weren't going anywhere until everyone had touched him or yeah. you know, just Got gone by and had their moment with Jake Cronenworth. It was insane. It was crazy, man. Last year. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be pretty crowded. I mean, I, I think the, the fever pitch of last year... You know, hopefully we match it again someday, but I don't know, man. That was that was pretty special. I'm not going to be disappointed if it's not as crazy as it was last year. I'm trying to remember, I think they gave out like sixty thousand tickets last year, and I think they estimated about thirty showed up. I feel like seventy came last year <laughs> after giving out sixty thousand tickets. You can uh, claim your four free tickets starting February 16th on the MLB Ballpark app. You just have to claim them between I think uh, that day and the 19th of March, yep. and once they're in your your phone, you can go for free. That's not uh, no, you don't have to pay for anything. You just have to have a ticket in advance. Yep. All right, let's uh, check traffic when we come back. Trade that went down yesterday. Uh, certainly, if you're an AL East fan, it's going to impact the season. If you're an NL Central fan, maybe in a different way. And if you're a Padres fan, are you wondering why why didn't the Padres pull off a deal like this? Get to that after Kelly's traffic here on ninety seven three The Fan. So when I saw the news yesterday that the Milwaukee Brewers had traded Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles, there was part of me that wasn't surprised because, of course, the Milwaukee Brewers are are known for this, uh, you know, as a very small market team, the smallest market team actually in baseball, I believe, when it comes to TV size. They can't really afford long-term contract extensions for players the caliber of Burns. He was going to be a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. And it's very Milwaukee Brewers-like to get something for him before that happens. Still, when I actually saw it, you still can't help but be somewhat surprised. He's been an essential part of that team, uh, division-winning team, playoff team generally for, for most of the last few seasons. There's an argument to be made that over the last, what, five years, he's been the best starting pitcher in, in all of baseball. You can certainly make that argument. I don't know that it's a definitive one, but he's right up there if you want to compare him with the best of the best. And I was still going, all right, this is definitely a big one, and I still feel somewhat surprised, even though you knew it could possibly be coming. And I think if you're a Brewers fan today, maybe you, you, or you saw that yesterday, maybe you're just a little confused because you just spent some money on Reese Hoskins, uh, which, again, the, the deal that, that they gave Reese Hoskins – 
I, I, I thought, oh, okay. I mean, Reese Hoskins is a nice player, and I think I think he's a really good fit there in Milwaukee. So maybe they are trying to to do something. And then you see that move yesterday, and you go, it, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. All the points you make are absolutely right, Ben. They're not going to... Uh, they're not going to ride the season out with Corbin Burns. I, I thought maybe deadline deal for 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 him, but they decided to get rid of him now, move him now. Got a couple of uh, of good prospects back from the Orioles, and I had been watching a, a special uh, on MLB Network, and I think it was Ken Rosenthal or somebody was maybe it was Morosi talking about how the Baltimore Orioles are bursting at the seams with good prospects. Like there's not enough playing time to go around at AAA and AA for all the prospects that they have. They have they are that. replete with prospects. So they had to move guys. Now, they got this deal done without giving up, you know, any of their major, major prospects. The two guys that the uh, Brewers got back, man, they're 25 25 years old. You know, these aren't 19, 20-year-old guys with with oodles of of control. They're six years of control for each guy, which is good. It's good. And uh, so the deal, as it went down yesterday, Corbin Burns, for Joey Ortiz, he's an infielder, uh, and then left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, who was in the big leagues for 74 games last year. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 good players. Um, Ortiz is a former fourth-round pick, 25-year-old shortstop. He hit two twelve in 34 plate appearances for the O's last year, uh, slash 321, 378, 507 in AAA, though. He's got a ridiculous glove. Ridiculous glove. He's defense first. Um, so, yeah, he could probably crack Milwaukee's infield this year. Uh, and then Willie Adamas, who is their shortstop now, he's a free agent in 2025. So maybe he's the successor to him. Uh, I think it, it's a deal for both teams that, that you know, benefits both teams. But, man, Corbin Burns to the O's. The O's in the last three days have sold the team to private equity uh, guys. and We those, called them the happiest fans in baseball that yeah, day. Yeah, the equity guys then came out with a statement and said, no, we're, we're in it. We're going to make a run. And they go out and they pull off a trade like this. Um, 15 million bucks, 15.65 million bucks for Corbin Burns, one-year rental. Um, I, I'm not, you know, of course you see anytime another team does something, you go, we could have matched that. We could have done that. We all lived what the Orioles are living. We lived this for the last few seasons with, when Peter Seidler was at the helm here. We lived it. With the off-seasons here were spectacular. Regular seasons were left a little to be desired, especially last year. But you look at this deal and you go, yeah, all right. I mean, you're bummed if you're a Brewers fan because you lost, you lost your ace. If I was a Brewers fan and I just heard we traded Corbin Burns to the Baltimore Orioles, obviously there'd be the gut punch of losing Burns, but I'd go, ooh, the Orioles. the Orioles. Okay. I so mean, we got, many prospects. We got some really good. Did we get Jackson Holiday? Who do we get? I mean, we probably didn't get one of their starters like Gunnar Henderson, but I mean, they've got really great prospects. And then when I heard the actual names coming back, I probably would have been, eh, is that, that's all we got for Corbin Burns, yeah. one of the best pitchers in baseball. However, as you kind of described it, um, D.L. Hall is kind of the interesting name here because he hasn't been really considered a top prospect. He is, um, in the last year or so, though, his stuff, guys like Eno have taken notice of D.L. Hall. And you look at Baseball America, and they were ranking best fastball in the system for the Baltimore Orioles, D.L. Hall. Best slider in the system for the Baltimore Orioles, D.L. Hall. Best changeup in the system for the Baltimore Orioles now, D.L. Hall. And the Brewers are going to convert him back to being a starter. They envision him as being... 
if not quite Corbin Burns, at least someone who can be a you know a top top two three rotation type guy now for the next six years and cheap and yeah. cheap as opposed to Burns, who's one year and expensive and leaving in free agency. So they see a lot of value in DL Hall and then Joey Ortiz, who was the actual top one hundred prospect. You talked about his defense and he is very close to the big leagues ready to plug maybe even this season at third and then moving over to short, as you said, yep. if Willie Adamas leaves. So it, and then you never know what you're going to get with that pick, but it's a 34th overall compensatory pick. You can trade compensatory picks. Could be an, ending up another top prospect by next year in the Milwaukee Brewers system. So yeah, overall, it, it's not it's not a terrible haul it's not, for the Brewers. It's not. In, and, you know, Corbin Burns, um, he struck out 200 last year in a down season. His his ERA ballooned up to him for him to like three thirty. I mean, he's still a very, very elite pitcher. And you throw him right at the top of the Baltimore Orioles rotation along with Kyle Bradish and they're they're gonna be they're gonna be dirty. They're now, gonna be dirty. Now if you're uh, if you're the Padres and you really, really wanted Corbin Burns for a season, you could have beat that. You could have beat that. I mean, certainly Jackson Merrill I would say would probably, I mean, he tops Joey Ortiz in all the prospect lists in terms of rankings. You could throw in another pitcher that's getting closer to the big leagues, maybe like an Ariarte, who's already on the 40-man, uh, and you, you probably could have beat that offer if you were A.J. Preller and wanted to rent Corbin Burns for one season. But again, he would be a rental for one year, and you'd be losing two really exciting prospects you know, to the, to the Milwaukee Brewers for that. Padres fans out there, is that something you think that AJ Preller should have done, matched or beat that offer by the by the Baltimore Orioles to rent Corbin Burns for a season and give the Padres a rotation of Burns, Musgrove, Darvish, King would have been one of the better, or if not the best, top four in baseball. Yeah, and you know, you asked me a question about a certain player last week. I can't remember who it was, and I think my answer was sure, yes, if. He was the 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 last piece that you needed. Uh, if the Padres went out and got Corbin Burns yesterday and traded, like you said, uh, Jackson Merrill and Iriarte for him, um, I would have looked at it and said, "Oh, okay, great. I mean, there's your there's your one, two, whatever." Corbin Burns for one year at fifteen million bucks. When allegedly we have twenty million dollars left to spend and still gaping holes all over uh, the outfield and uh, in the lineup, I would have thought, "All right, that maybe is a little bit of a, a foolish move." But if we were like last year, you know, if 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 Juan Soto was here and we harder and we just going to run it back with the guys that we got, we picked up this guy or that guy to to DH. Um, yeah, I would say hell yeah, you can't let you can't let Corbin Burns go to anybody else if you've got those prospects too. We're not one starting pitcher away. It's a crappy reality to deal with, but we're not. We're not a starting pitcher away. Do we need starting pitching? Yeah, absolutely. But if you got twenty million to spend, spend fifteen million on one guy. I don't know. I don't know that it would have been really smart. But you absolutely could have gotten that deal. Though. Time machine. If you could have gone back before twenty twenty three and made a similar deal to get two years of Corbin Burns, yeah. but I don't think the Brewers were really interested in in listening or making that kind of deal before last season. I mean, it's it's nuts to think what the Orioles, you know, what they were able to do last year. I know they didn't have the uh, playoff success that they wanted, but they got there. They know what it tastes like. Their core is solid, uh, as solid as any core in baseball. And, you know, you expect really great things from those guys. You get a veteran like that, a guy that can pitch, a guy can, that can pitch in those ballparks, a guy that, that gets strikeouts. I mean, that is, that's an absolute score for them. You're elated 
this morning if you're an Orioles fan. And I'll tell you, who the, the, the people who are the unhappiest right now are fans of the New York Yankees, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, that AL East just got harder to win this year with Baltimore solidifying the top of their rotation. They are now... I would say a fairly clear favorite uh, coming off a, a hundred win season last year and adding Corbin Burns and young players who should only continue to get better with more experience. They look like a powerful force in the AL East this season. We also know that it's baseball and they could finish fourth. You know, we know that the, the guys that came up and burst on the scene last year could have sophomore slumps. We know that we've seen it before. Um, there's nothing guaranteed, but what they're doing right now is they're signifying to their fan base too. Yeah, we weren't full of S when we told you the new owners are going to come in and we're going to make some waves and we are going to compete and go for it. Uh, there's a lot of talk right now that they're going after Dylan Cease. As I said, they're so flush with prospects, so, so flush with prospects. They don't have room for them. They've got to actually get rid of some of these guys or they won't develop properly. So, also sounds familiar. Yeah, the last couple of years. that's exactly right. And, and you saw what A.J. Preller's strategy was, guys. Let's let's start getting rid of these guys from major league talent. He did it. It didn't exactly work. Um and so now they're they're scaling back a little bit. So I think what they've done in Baltimore is spectacular. Should make for I mean, imagine your first, you know, Corbin Burns against Garrett Cole game. I mean, it's just fantastic, fantastic theater. So uh, I think this is phenomenal for them. By the way, I think I'm the guy who said earlier this week, hey, Orioles fans, this uh, sale is a long process. It's going to take months to approve. <laughs> Don't expect them to jump right in and do something spectacular just because the team is sold. you got to have a little bit of patience. And oh, so, man, never mind. Somebody makes the, the point in the chat. I mean, if you're Brian Cashman this morning, aren't you panicked buying Blake Snell? Aren't you absolutely going, we're the New York Yankees. We've got more money we know what to do with. Good point. Hi, Scott. Um, could we get Blake to $27 million a year? And then your top of the rotation is Cole, Cole Snell, Carlos Radon, and I don't even know who they have after that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is great for Blake Snell. This is great for Blake Snell. One of those teams in the AL East, they got to be blowing up Scott Moore. The Blue Jays? You're telling, me, you're telling me Blake Snell wouldn't fit in the Blue Jays rotation? And who even knows, the Red Sox? Who knows how many other teams were maybe discussing Corbin Burns yeah. with the Milwaukee Brewers, which was perhaps delaying their decision on a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery, knowing, well, we don't want to make a free agent move when we may still land Burns in a trade. Now that he is off the market and he is an Oriole for sure for this season, that you're right. That should open up the last couple of top pitchers and perhaps loosen some purse strings for teams that no longer have that that hope of landing a Corbin Burns in a trade. Well, and, and loosen the purse strings certainly for teams, but also you got to think if you're Scott Boris, you're like, all right, well, they're getting creative and trading for aces now. I've got an ace on the market, you know, a guy that just won the Cy Young. Maybe I need to be a little bit more flexible, too. Maybe my client, Blake Snell, needs to be a little more flexible as well because if teams are just going to go out and trade top prospects for aces, that's an ace. Corbin Burns is an ace. Make no mistake about it. He's an ace. So we need to find you a team. Pitchers and catchers report in, what, 10 days? 
Let's get it going. I mean, I expect a flurry in the next week or so. There's got to be. There's, we're, we're left with no choice at this point. Yeah, they don't want to pay them, though. They want to I tra- know. They're, they're, willing they're willing to, willing to trade, trade for them just to avoid having Paying to 30 pay million a year the for kind a, of numbers that, that, that Snell and Montgomery are looking for. For a 37, 38-year-old Blake Snell? Holy cow. I can't say that I'd pull the trigger on that either. Yeah. But if you're... Because the Orioles could have kept those prospects and just spent you know, twice as yeah. much money and had a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery. They didn't want to do that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And they say, hey, by the way, they still might. They still might. They still might go get Montgomery. He's a great fit there. Um, but if you're if you're Monty and if you're um, Blake Snell today, you're like, all right, it's it's going to be any day now. Did you know you can listen to 97.3 The Fan with your smart speaker? Just ask your device to play 97.3 The Fan to give it a shot. What is a device? What is a I, device? I'm not sure what a device is. But... My parents are in town. And my dad said something last night. He he flubbed a word, and Hannah called him on it, and it was the funniest freaking thing ever. And I'm, I'm like, sorry, I've I've trained her. You know, this is this is how we do it. All right, we will come back uh, one hour down. Uh, hour number two starts, of course, with Take on Woods. If you'd like to be our contestant to wrap up the week, you can get online now. Eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Do not go anywhere. The Friday edition of Ben and Woods continuing next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, I know one of your favorite things is when I localize a story that isn't really a local story 100%. at all. But we do Nobody have better. Uh, we do have some breaking news in sports this morning. Uh, Theo Epstein is returning to the Boston Red Sox today, uh, reported uh, in a couple of places, including The Athletic. I'm reading the piece right now. He is returning as a part owner and a uh, a member of the Fenway Sports Group. So not just the Red Sox, but they also uh, have Liverpool, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Boston Common Golf. They just invested in the PGA Tour, I believe. So uh, they didn't report exactly like what percentage of ownership he's getting, but he's going to join uh, Fenway Sports Group as a senior advisor, returning him to the team that he helped lead to a World Series title to end the curse 20 years ago. Theo Epstein back in Boston. Of course, USD law school grad Theo Epstein and former Padres front office 
assistant. You know, like public relations assistant, I believe. I think um, I think Red Sox fans are are excited about this move because Theo has the magic touch, certainly, but he's not going to be the president of baseball operations uh, or anything like that. He's got a really good relationship, uh, apparently, with Craig Breslow, who's their new chief baseball officer. Um, that said, I haven't seen a team getting dragged more this offseason than the Boston Red Sox. And you it would stand to reason because you have your your team that you love, the Red Sox, and they're investing in literally everything but players, ab- actual baseball players. They're investing in the PGA Tour uh, they're investing in Theo Epstein coming back to the front office ish, and uh, they're not going out and signing any players, Ben. And that's a big, big market team. That is a team that traditionally has spent a lot of money. You've got one superstar in Rafael Devers that you're just not building around. I always see the meme when they talk about Rafael Devers of that that shanty that lean to. With the carport and a Ferrari or a Lambo parked underneath the 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 lean to, uh, because they're just not doing anything right now, player wise. But hey, listen, they're they're getting their infrastructure in place, I guess. Yeah, I, I would imagine if you're a Boston fan, and Fenway Park, it's a good media market. It's oh, a yeah. passionate sports city. Oh, maybe you feel like most. that team should have as much as much money as, as they much. need to do anything that they <laughs> want. Yes. That you're not going to be happy with the last couple of offseasons. I know, man. I know, and and you know, I know, I know. Many, many Padre fans over the years have said, "Look, bring him home. It's a no brainer. Come back here. You've broken two curses. Let's see how good you I'm one are. A hundred percent. I'm. Uh, let's see how good you are. If you can, I mean, he broke the Cubs curse, the curse of the Billy Goat. <laughs> broke the curse of Billy Buckner in Beantown. Those are two of the strongest curses ever to live." <laughs> Maybe even he was like, "All right, I've I've pushed my luck enough. I mean, I'm I know I'm good, but I don't know if I'm that good." For me, it was always it had to be a Peter Seidler thing, I think, and maybe that. Well, obviously, it's it's not going to happen now because Theo signed with Boston. But when Peter was with us, man, I just thought you put so much money into this organization, players. You put money into the stadium and renovations and all of that. So why not go out and get? The GOAT. You know what I mean? Like the best. the best of the best. And that doesn't necessarily even mean a, like you have to move on from AJ Preller. You can say, hey, if you want to stick around, you're the GM, you're the guy. But we're going to bring in Theo, whether it's an advisor, president of baseball operations, or whatever. But if you're so serious, you're going to give out $400 million to this guy, $300 million to this guy, another $150 million to this player. Why not also give him a blank check and say, Come back home. Come on back home. Build us the winner. Uh, Cement yourself as the greatest sports executive to ever live. He, he may already be. He may already you know, be. It could only tarnish his legacy if he doesn't get it done. <laughs> SD card says, so you do believe in curses. Yeah, where you been? Where you been? <laughs> I threw my curses aren't real shirt in the garbage last year because there's. it's very evident that curses are, in fact, real, bud. I think this, is lo- this has been established. Is is there just kind of an uncertainty about what has Theo really been doing the last few years? We're working with it's very been it's been the was he with the Cubs Major League Baseball? Well, he was, was, but he was Major, Major League, League baseball. baseball, and you just kind of haven't seen him for a while. So Wasn't I think, he behind the scenes, possibly trying to help with like Nashville expansion. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like so. like very behind the scenes stuff. So you kind of out of sight, out of mind for the last couple of years. But uh, you know, I. He's not coming back when AJ Preller is the president of baseball Correct. operations. This yeah. would be 
if you moved on from A.J. Preller, would he be a guy that you'd want to bring into the fold now that he is part of an ownership group, though? It doesn't mean that he can never leave and get himself out of it, but you figured he's probably there for some equity for at least a few I years. ship sailed. <laughs> once he's uh, gone back to Boston. So I would not expect anything, you know, in the, in the near future. If San Diego involving Theo Epstein coming up after that news that uh, just came out this morning. Back with the Boston Red Sox and the Fenway Group in Boston. Uh, if you want to play Take on Woods, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Did you say that um, the organizational minor league rankings came out? Yeah, Baseball America. Baseball America? Yep. You want them? I would like to know where the Padres land. The Padres are at number... Six. Six. In Baseball America. And, and then, uh, that's like a total rebuild, basically, of, of, uh, what the Padres were. Uh, top 100 prospects, they have six. Salas, Merrill, Snelling, Lesko, Drew Thorpe, uh, DeVries. San Diego has a remarkable ability to regenerate top prospects despite trading away so much future value in the past few years in a so far unsuccessful attempt to catch the Dodgers. If right-handed pitcher Dylan Lesko can regain his high school form, the combination of him and Robbie Snelling could be the best pitching duo in the minors. Um, ESPN, just five minutes ago, Kyler McDaniel came out with his organizational rankings. He doesn't have the Padres at six. Where's he at? Four. Ooh. Four. Okay. Okay. Number four. Like it. So, yeah, they continue to climb up the ranks in terms of minor league. It is, as much as we laugh and go, let, let's let see one of these guys actually do it on the big league level. Let's see them help the major league club. It's pretty remarkable that A.J. can make as many trades and trade away as many prospects as he did in the last three years and rebuild it to now a consensus top 10 and by some estimates even top 5 farm system in baseball. That is a pretty remarkable job. Whether you like AJ or not, I yep. will tip my cap on at least building up a system that outside people acknowledge now looks like one of the better ones in baseball and doing it in breakneck speed uh, to get there. I mean, you, you no dumped, question. You dumped everyone. Yeah, you dumped for that ton. Soto trade yep. and a year and a half later Back in the top five. Back in the top five is great, you know, but it's uh, you know it's the Jerusalem tulip, you know. We'll see if it blooms in six months with regular water and sunlight. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely great. You have to have it. You have to have it to be a successful organization. But so far, not a lot's materialized. You know, from the international signings, all the money spent there, not a lot's materialized yet. Doesn't and that's mean one it of won't. The most frustrating parts of. The team to the north of us is that it just feels like they all every do. <laughs> single year. They all oh, hit. So and so, you know, uh, Bueller's out for a year with surgery. Well, cool. We're just going to bring up another guy. No problem. Top prospect, Here's Bobby Miller. <laughs> 101 miles an hour. Absolutely filthy. And we're like, why Why doesn't this happen for yep. us? We always. Ladies have and gentlemen, the Drew Carlton, prospect. for your pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Reese Kinnear action for you, if you may, <laughs> sir. I mean, I promise you, if A.J. Preller, if the Padres ever got rid of him, I don't know if he'd get another job as a GM or president of baseball operations, but someone would make him the highest paid, like, top scout, you know, director. Player development. Player development director or, you know, international scouting director that baseball has ever seen because there is a value there that is a skill, and he's got the confidence to know, I'll just do it again. Yep. If I trade guys away, I will just go ahead and build it and do it. Again, no it's the one it. thing that I think you can't argue that he is good at building up a well-regarded farm system. All right, I see some callers coming in. Let's get to it. It is time for the Friday edition of Take on Woods. 
It's time for Take on Woods. Take on Woods. Woods. All right, we've got uh, Ralph as our category. Yeah, Woods has got to leave. I'm trying to look. Where's my third category here, Paulie? Did I not send you a third category? I, uh, I don't know. I have, plen- I have plenty of options. Let's see. Uh, I see two categories. All right, I'm going to send you another one right now, okay. just in case, because I want to make sure that we have three categories for Ralph to choose from. Firing to- on all cylinders this morning. Take on Woods is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It only takes 15 minutes, and you don't have to get out of your car. For directions and discounts, go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange.com. All right, uh, Ralph, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, guys. Hey, I um, wanted to give a shout He's going to be wrestling at Metro. Paul Rivera at 106 today, baby. So good. Center, where where is he wrestling guys. at? At uh, Well, the Metro is at Chula High School, but he's wrestling for Hilltop High. Okay. Awesome. Good luck to good luck. Good luck yeah. to him, and good luck to you as you try to qualify for our getaway to Las Vegas. It is uh, a two night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Tickets to Tom Kiefer and LA Guns on April 11th. Tickets are available at Ticketmaster.com. I believe this is the last day that uh, you can qualify for our monthly giveaway. So, uh, good luck to you. The categories today on Take on Woods are the new category: even. Or odd. You still haven't sent me that. I just sent it. It hasn't popped in yet? Well, even or odd is one of the categories. Hopefully it pops into Paul's feed in just a second. The other ones are mystery category and oh to be young, uh, which are five answers, song titles, and artists that include the word young. So uh, mystery category, oh to be young, or even or odd are the categories. I don't know why this email is not getting through to you, Polly. I sent it. There it's we go. I got go- it. Okay, you got it. All right. So, what are those three categories would you like to play, Ralph? I'm going to make this more challenging. Uh, even or odd. Even or cool. odd. All right, Polly's got, got to work a little quickly here. I will say we are looking for five song <laughs> titles that include either the word even or the word odd. One of those two will appear in all five. You'll have 60 seconds to answer as many of the five as you can. If you don't know an answer, say pass. We will come back to it if there's time left on the clock. First question is the two-second song. Polly will play a little bit of a clip of music. If you get that one, you need to give me the title and the artist to score that point. Polly, sorry about the delay. Are you ready? I'm ready. See, look how fast he is. This is amazing. Ralph, are you ready? I'm the Trevor Baptiste. Yeah, let's do it. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. The category even or odd. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck. Ralph, let's take on Woods. That's even flow, Pearl Jam. Correct. Which 1969 David Bowie single was Rush released on July 11th to capitalize on the Apollo 11 moon landing? Ah, pass on that. Which 1984 Phil Collins hit is subtitled Take a Look at Me Now? On opposite day, the title of which air supply hit would be Odd the Days Are Worse. Oh, gosh. Oh, fat, fat, hurry, fat. Tom Petty wrote which 1979 song about hooking up with a high school crush for a one-night stand? Odd, these nuts. (laughs) Which 1969 David Bowie single was Rush released on July 11th to capitalize on the Apollo 11 moon landing? Correct. Yeah. Which 1984 Phil Collins hit is subtitled, Take a Look at Me Now? 
Oh, that's against all odds. It is on opposite day. The title of which air supply hit would be. All right, you got three. Good, good comeback in the end. You got even flow, Pearl Jam, Space Oddity, and Against All Odds. The other two were even the nights are better, odd the days are worse, and even the losers is the Tom Petty song. All right, three is the score. Hang on the line, Ralph. Your score is locked in. Woods now gets his opportunity to see if he can finish the week with a win. We had a one-one tie earlier this week, which was unusual. Won't happen today. All right, uh, Ralph's score is locked in. 60 seconds back on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Ralph. It's Even Flow by Pearl Jam. Correct. Which 1969 David Bowie single was Rush released on July 11th to capitalize on the Apollo 11 moon landing? Uh, uh, Space Oddity. Correct. Which 1984 Phil Collins hit is subtitled Take a Look at Me Now? Against all odds. Correct. On opposite day, the title of which air supply hit would be Odd, The Days Are Worse. Even the nights are better. Correct. Tom Petty wrote which 1979 song about hooking up with a high school crush for a one-night stand? 1976. I need to know. 1979. Oh, I need to know? No, it's Even the Losers. But, four to three, you, you pull out the win there in the category Even or Odd. Oh. Even flow, space, oddity, against all odds. Even the nights are better. Even the losers. Got your ass. Ralph, thank you for Sorry, playing. Ralph. That should wrap up our month of prizes, and uh, hopefully we'll have a new prize next month uh, for Monday when we come back on, what would that be, February 5th. Correct. All right, so let's uh, take a time out. I've got a great do-do this story. This is actually a heroic moment. A real heroic moment for a, a fairly famous sports figure from the NFL wow, that awesome. we can talk about. I like this story a lot. And I've got a not-so-great story. I've got an update on the, well, frozen Kansas City Chiefs fans. Burr. That's coming up next after a check of traffic. What? <laughs> Come Burr. On, frozen. They're dead. Sorry. 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. Burr. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You're a dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. I've got an update on the, well, frozen Kansas City Chiefs fans. Burr. Burr. Hmm. Burr. All right, so there's one don't do this right there. I was showing empathy. They were cold. Burr. They were very cold. It did feel very... Imagine it was very cold. It did feel very empathetic uh, when you said burr. Uh, Burr. Yeah, there is is an update to this story. We told you about it a couple weeks ago. Guys went over to watch the uh, Chiefs-Chargers game. 
One guy passed out on his couch. Three guys went to the backyard. They froze to death and... I was going to say froze to death and died. Usually when you freeze to death, you do die. Uh, and that... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the initial toxicology reports uh, are back. And there were a lot. Uh, there's a lot of cocaine, THC, and fentanyl in their systems. David Harrington, Clayton McGinney, and Ricky Johnson. Um, the family members did confirm these toxicology reports. The uh, one guy that was, was still alive... Uh, Jason Jordan Willis, he has now moved out of that house, Ben, and checked himself into rehab. So I, I don't know how culpable he's going to be for the crimes, um, but it, it sounds to me just sounds like a really big wild party gone terribly, terribly wrong. Um, but again, he is is out of the house and has checked himself into rehab. It's a tragedy, and my flippant comment was I apologize Burr. For the Burr. So Cal Yeti says Ben's response was as cold as those guys that, were. Oh. Yeti would know. A Yeti Burr. would know. A Yeti would know. Alright, so that's two, mm. that's that's a don't do this for me and a don't do this <laughs> yeah. story at the same yeah, time. At least so, you can admit it. So I'll just move right into do do this because I like this one. Mega Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews uh, came through in the clutch again, but this time it happened midair uh, on a flight, a Southwest Airlines flight from Baltimore to Phoenix, Arizona, where a woman was having a medical emergency. Uh, passengers noticed a woman sitting in the middle of the plane. Uh, she was in and out of consciousness, and they weren't sure what was going on. The heart rate was low. The blood pressure was low. She was kind of not totally with it, and he jumped in and said, Is it possible? She is having a low blood sugar diabetic incident because Mark Andrews is a type 1 diabetic, like my son, and he had the equipment necessary. In, in this case, he would she would need a, either a glucose injection or some sugar just to, to stabilize her. That turned out to be the issue. Uh, he was able to help out, jump in. Woman was okay. He went on with his day. I don't think uh, he would have brought it up, but people know, noticed who he was, so the story kind of got out, what he had done, and it became uh, a public thing, and people have written about it, but he wasn't looking for any attention. He just calmly stepped in, assessed the situation, and did the old life-saving thing on a flight, yeah, which no is big very deal, cool. Right? Yeah, no big incredible. deal. Incredible. Uh, good for him. Good for her. Glad she's okay. You know, the interesting thing is... Obviously, had the Bravens won... Who are the Bravens? Had the Ravens won. Baltimore Ravens. The B-Ravens. The B-Ravens. Bengals, Browns, Ravens. The B-Ravens. The Bravens. Had they won, they would have been getting ready for a Super Bowl. Yeah, He dude. would not he have, would been, not on have been on that flight, Benjamin. To Phoenix Ooh. for the offseason. Instead, he was there where he needed to be. Somehow, it worked out in this situation. That's, fin- that's fantastic news. And you have another positive story uh i did I, I i don't know if we brought it up yesterday or not we but did if not were, actually if you were following don't do this earlier this week you heard about the uh the jackie robinson statue in wichita that was cut at the ankles stolen then it was later found burned in a dumpster beyond repair uh there was nothing going to be done about it uh the response though has been amazing uh, Major League Baseball teams have chipped in, and they've already raised, uh, what, over $150,000? $175,000. They have the mold for the statue. Yep. So they're going to be able to cast a new statue, get it replaced like new. I think there was a GoFundMe as well, so they're not going to have any trouble funding and replacing that statue. It makes you feel good that 
Even though there are horrible people who do horrible things out there, there are more good people who are willing to step in, make it right. I got an idea end. for the uh, Jackie yeah. Robinson statue. Cameras in the eyes. Small, <laughs> tiny cameras. Well, they got case. these guys on camera. They do. And they think there's going to be arrests. Ooh, I, I don't so. think they've announced any, but the, 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 the Wichita police want to make sure they have all their ducks in a row. They're doing the investigation when they... They make the arrest. They want the case to be foolproof. But it sounds like they're on the right track. Suspects, perhaps. They're getting some testimony. You know. I hope they get them. I hope they get them. I and, do, too. Yeah, I mean, I, it's 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 just a, it was such an awful scene to see that thing cut off at the ankles. And, yeah, man, $175,000, grand, that will that'll get it back up, uh, which is great. Love to see that. So great, great couple of do do this is after your... Massive, massive mistake. Sorry. And Sorry. that's do, don't and do do this for a Friday. That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. I'll throw in a little mixed story that I get. I guess is both. Uh, congratulations to the uh, the San Diego Mojo had their very first game yesterday. I saw that. Which is good. That's a do do this. Kerry uh, Walsh Jennings' new professional volleyball team. The don't is they got, they got bodied in three sets uh, in Atlanta. It was the Mojo versus the Vibe. And the vibe uh, improved to three and zero, uh, and San Diego's first home game will be on the twenty third at Viejas Arena later this month. They play to what? They play to twenty five oh, in each 25. game. So best you have to win three out of five sets, right? And each set is to twenty five points. Okay, you don't have to serve to win a point. In the old days, they played to fifteen, but oh, you could yeah. only yeah. score when you were serving. So a side out would just be nothing, and then you'd serve. Now every point. Is, ends with a point for one team or the other, so you can get a point on defense, but then you have to serve, and that's always the trick is, yeah, yeah, you can bump, set, spike, and get a point, but can you serve it, block them, defend it, and get a point on your own serve, It's uh, and then get to 25. Speaking of Side Out, did you ever see that movie, Side Out? I did. see Thomas Howell and the guy that looks like a lion from 30-something. I don't remember his name. Peter something. That movie was one of the worst movies of all time. Not one of the better sports movies. But I will watch it every time it's on. We were talking. <laughs> Bad we movies were talking. Like. Oh, yeah. my God. I think I searched for it on streaming recently. You know, guy moves to California from a, uh, the cold and is like, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then is like, I think I'm going to play beach volleyball instead. Have you heard of this movie, Paul? Uh-huh. It's called Side Out. It's unbelievably bad. It's so unbelievably bad, but it's so good. Anytime it's on, I will stop down and I will watch Side Out with the guy that looks like a lion. And you know who I'm talking about, right? The, with the beard and the long him, yeah. hair, and then see Thomas Howe, an upstart volleyball player that found his his niche. Um, Side Out, great, great movie from the '80s. Peter Horton. Peter Horton He's played Zach Barnes. Yes, yeah, Zach Barnes. Side out. He's a you know bit of an alcoholic, kind of a loose cannon, but he's schooling the young guy on his you know teaching him the ways. <laughs> it's a it's so pathetic. Also starring bad. Courtney Thorne. Courtney Thorne Smith. Smith, who I was a big fan of. Melrose Place, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Great uh, movie. I, you probably don't know this. We've had a special guest in studio all morning long, just sitting quietly. Observing as he does, not making his presence known. But we're going to make his presence known. Yeah, we are. When we come back, kids can be working double o- <laughs> double overtime today. Surprise! The grind in studio. is about to start. Ben and Woods guest getting ready to give up his life for the next, yeah, you know, seven eight months. Coming up next on ninety seven three, the fan.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Which is just commenting on how active and entertaining and engaged our YouTube chatters are. Also, our ex-followers uh, are always commenting on the show. There's a constant running dialogue, and we appreciate that. We can't respond to everybody, but we're seeing most of the comments, and we do uh, we do really appreciate you taking part in the show every morning. Why are you looking at me like that? Do you hear what he said? We can't we can't respond to everyone. We can't. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I we tra- actually probably could if all three of us actually did. <laughs> it. No way. Uh, that's what I was looking for, Paulie. There's no way. There's literally probably how many comments would you say over the course of a four hour show? It's through the roof. Like have we man. ever counted? It's thousands. It's gotta be thousands it's crazy. of comments it's over crazy. the course it's of one show. It's too much work for two people to do. It is too much work for two of us to do, correct. Uh, really could use an extra set of hands. Well, fortunately we've got one in studio this morning and we will bring him into the fold right after a check of traffic on ninety seven three the fan. And look who we have here joining us right now on 97.3 The Fan is your Padres pre- and post-game show host. Also going to be sitting in uh, in the Annie and Elston program after us this morning. Came in very early to get some uh, extra work done and uh, get some uh, training from Pauly in the studio here. Sam Levitt is with us on 97.3 The Fan. Sammy, good morning. Happy Friday to you. Good morning, gentlemen. Great to be here. I, I don't know how you do it every morning. The 5.30 a.m. arrival, I will say, though, I've heard a lot about Ben being, you know, kind of cutting it close to the, yeah. the start of the show. He gives about 30 minutes, which is plenty. Oh, okay. That's I plenty. rolled in at 5.40. Ben was here. Yeah, On he was laptop, here. laptop, ready to go. Yeah, he's Good never. Job, ben. He, uh, only maybe one time has he been like, I'm going to be there with, you know, seconds to spare. I heard, you know, Craig yesterday was talking about um, about how he gave himself 50 minutes or so to get here, and it was not enough. There were accidents all over. Hopefully all the, the, the everyone out there is okay. Um, but it's it's your whole life. You know, is is minutes and seconds. So I'm right. I don't do a lot at night. I really don't. I got to shut my brain down. And I do. I'm a morning guy. So I get here. I got here this morning at four thirty because um, that's when I do my work. I can't do it at night. My brain is mush. I can't write a note. I can watch a game. So I think for me, I get up. I get here and do it. Do it early. It's funny you say that. The last few months, I feel myself getting older. In oh yeah. Sense of nine ten p.m. 
I'm ready to go to bed. Cashed. Be done with whatever I'm doing. Up at like five, five thirty. Yeah. I've been getting up really early the last few months. I feel like you can get a lot done in the morning. Yeah, I really it's great. do. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm Maturing. glad you're I'm glad you're here, Sammy. Uh, and you're yeah, you're you're staring down the barrel here. When do I you <laughs> when do you depart for for uh, spring training? I leave a week from tomorrow. Oh, oh wow! So the, count, the countdown is Jeez. on. So you'll be there uh, the day before. Technically, pitchers and catchers are required to yes. arrive. Well, I want to be there in the morning of the 11th yeah. when pitchers and catchers report and things really start. So get there a week from tomorrow. Get into the Airbnb. Maybe buy some groceries. Get settled and. Away we go. Do you do a lot of cooking for yourself at spring training? Or now, will you this year, year? Last year I did not because the place I was at, it just it, I wasn't even going to start, and I <laughs> didn't really have the equipment to do it. This year I'm going to try a hot plate. Well, for two reasons: number one, to save you know save a little money for the company, of course. Look at you, of course. But also making us look bad. I'm I'm trying <laughs> to watch my figure a little sure, bit. I get I'm it. trying to my my original plan was to. Show up at Peoria, classic, best shape of my life. Right. Yeah, it's spring training. I'm in better shape, but I'm in more of a, I'm going to kind of play myself into shape scenario. Like the old spring style training. of baseball players. Yes. yes. Kind of show up to spring training, and that would be when they'd get, you know, get their physical fitness done it and was get ready their, for the season. It was their first set of calisthenics that they've done. They <laughs> right. shut it down completely. Many of them had to have other jobs back in the, the way long ago, and then they're like, oh, God, spring training, i got to <laughs> run. And it's like these, these Come days Come back now, on the cigarettes yeah, now, yeah. Uh, you know, now, that, now that spring training is here. Yep. But now you're expected to do that all in the off-season. Yeah, it's exactly and right. Spring training is simply when you're – getting your baseball skills up to snuff again. I remember Pablo Sandoval showing up for the Boston Red Sox oh one year, and I was like, bro, like what What have you been do- Did you work at a donut shop in the offseason? Like, were you behind? I mean, I'm a bigger guy, so but I but I I was like, man, if you're making and he was he just signed a huge deal with them, and you know when he got out of his car day one, they're like, oh my god, right. what are we doing? They had to put him on like special restrictions and stuff. You don't want to be that guy at spring training. Big deal, no big deal, whatever. Show up ready to go. Our own Sammy Spring Training yeah. will be so doing I'm go- that. I'm going to cook, yes. Or at least I'm going to buy more groceries, pre-made salads, yeah. things like that. I'm I'm going to be try to be better. Because last spring training, I, I ran into, like, I would wake up, and I was also really close to the complex. Yeah. So I had time. So I would go and, you know, get a fast food breakfast, show up. And I, I needed something in my system before we got started. It starts, you guys know this, it starts really early out there. Like, some ha- sometimes the clubhouse is open it could be before 8 a.m. Oh, it's like 6 a.m. Yeah. We would it's, see We start Alfaro. the show at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. local time, oh, yeah. 6 a.m. Pacific, and we'll be setting up at 6.30, oh, yeah. And guys are just walking in. Guys are there. Yeah. I mean, they get there really early, and they get their work in. And the, the good thing about spring training is you're done. Even when the games start, you're done by like 4 o'clock. Yeah, 100%. It's over. I mean, we're so, done by 11, but yeah, I get right. it. I get what you're saying. Uh, Sammy Spring Training joins us in studio this morning. Who are you? You got a good rapport with uh, a lot of the guys that are going to be out there, but in a typical San Diego Padres uh, start of a season, a lot of new faces, right? Yeah. A ton of new faces, uh, and faces have left, and and guys have replaced them. And I, we know there's going to be more to come uh, in the next couple of weeks. Who are you excited to talk to that maybe you didn't get a chance to mm. to wrap with last year? And I know there's new guys coming, but like, 
Who's 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 like the guy you look at? And go, I, I I can't wait to talk to him. I, I think it's got to be these young guys right now, right? Like the Merrills, who I, who I did talk to a little bit last year because he was in the Major League Clubhouse for a while. But even the guys like Jacob Marcy and, and some of these young guys that at least right now could play a role on this team, if not at the start of the year. I mean, I think we're all sort of expecting that there will be some moves made here for an outfielder or two. But right now, I mean, it certainly appears like at some point in 2024, somebody like Jackson Merrill could play a really significant role, right? So to see their development, to talk to those guys, to talk to the Graham Paulies and Jairo Iriarte, some of the names that you guys have mentioned this morning, um, they're a big part of the future. I mean, it, it's such an interesting situation right now, I think, because you have a lot of known, right, with with the Mannies and Fernandos. And, and I'm interested, honestly, to talk to Fernando as well, coming off a real normal offseason where he had the chance to play in the Dominican, where he had the chance to do everything he normally does, because I think that was something that, that you know, was significant last year, the fact that he didn't have a normal offseason coming off the surgeries and also didn't have a, a quote-unquote normal spring training. If you remember, he was still coming back from, from the surgeries and stuff. So the young guys and you know, talking to, to Fernando and, and Joe Musgrove and getting his thoughts on things, which is always great. And, and obviously last year was, you know, up and down for him with the injuries, the start and, and just some of the, the start and stop nature of it. So a little bit of a mix, like the young guys and, and some of these guys that, that they're going to have to have big years from if they want to be a playoff team. You just said normal spring training and Sam Levitt's in studio with us here on Ben and Woods this morning. When was the last normal spring training? 2019? Yeah, 2019. I mean, 2020 was interrupted by the pandemic in the middle of spring training. Then 2021, they were still coming out of the pandemic. 2022 was the, the lockout which was the late start. 2023 was the World Baseball Classic yeah. and the rule changes and everything. Yeah. And now we get to 2024. And, of course, there's a trip to Korea. Right. right? <laughs> Not in the middle of spring training, but, you know, normally they'd still be in Peoria for another week and a half to two weeks when they'll be getting on a plane and going to the other side of, of the planet for a week. So this is not going to be a normal spring training either. I We know what turned into the narrative last year, that – you Darvish didn't get enough innings with Team Japan, and Juan Soto and some of the other guys didn't get to adjust to the new rules because they were playing the World Baseball Classic rules. How do we anticipate the narrative going for Korea? I know that what they'll say, oh, no, it's not a big deal. We'll yeah. be prepped. We'll be ready for it. But in, you know, in the end, do you think it will affect the Padres and the Dodgers in, in spring training this year, or will it be a non-story in the end? Well, I think they're... I mean, I think there's a chance there is some effect, right? In a pure baseball sense, like, and I, I've wondered this for a while, those two games in Korea, what does your pitching look like? Are guys going to be all the way built up? Is it going to be a scenario where you may have two starters go for maybe five innings and then have to bring a bunch of pitchers that will pitch in those games? And, you know, it's an interesting scenario because they count, and they're against the Dodgers. And, they do. And by the way, like, it would stink to start 0-2. Okay. Absolutely, right. it would. And I, but I do then think come home for Fan Fest. Yeah, yeah then come home for Fan Fest, <laughs> and then have exhibition games. It it is uh, it's going to be an interesting start. But like with that said, I think when we look back to last season, no matter what exactly this roster looks like and and what happens over the course of the next few weeks, 
I think it's really important they get off to a good start and a not so good start ain't going to feel really good. It's not it's at not. all. And I, I do, it will be really interesting to see how Dave Roberts manages these yeah. games and Mike Schilt because right. with that with that lag time after, right. you could literally empty your bullpens right. for two games and then say, oh, good, I like this. i got fresh arms coming in every other inning. We'll see what we got, and right. et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of room for excuses, quite frankly, um, even though it's a different team and there's a lot of different elements to it. Reality is coming off last year, no matter, you know, how, how different this spring training is going to be starting earlier, going to Korea, coming back, having fan fest, the exhibition games, and then having Bob Melvin and the Giants come in. It is. It's different. It's going to be a lot different than the other 28 teams that aren't going to Korea. But to me, for a team that could really, really, really use a good start, you got to make work. You know, and a lot is always made of got to get out to a hot start. And sometimes that is overblown. It, last year, though, the Padres didn't get off to a good start, as we all know, and we kind of dismissed it. It was constantly the, it's early, they're going to be fine. I there's was too, saying it's early in August. There's too right, much yeah. talent. You know, They will go on a big winning streak here. There's no way they can go all year without winning four games in a row. And we kept saying that. But we had patience because our expectations were high and we believed in the team. This year, I think Sammy's kind of right. The fan base will be happy to cheer on the Padres and accept, you know, some positive news and some surprises. But if things don't go well early, everyone's ready to panic and go, this is a disaster. The the scale back in the salary is going to completely torpedo. There's not going to be any, hey, it's early, don't worry, teams coming around. It's going to be full on, five alarm fire. My God, there's seven and eight, you know, there's seven and 11 right now right. at the start of the season. There's not going to be the kind of patience we saw last year. Whether or not they deserved it last year, I don't know, but it's not coming this year for the Padres. Well, I think, you know, I think it's hard because. Every team deserves your patience at they the do. beginning of the year because of the marathon nature of baseball. Right. That being said, I know for at least the Padre fans that I know that that I'm close with ain't doing that again. They ain't doing that again. It's go- some guy hit me in the chat yesterday and was like, "You're going to be saying it's uh, don't worry about it in August." And I go, "I mean, I might, but I, I in my heart of hearts." We talked to Skip Schumacher a couple months ago. We said, "Hey, how do they turn it around?" He goes, "Honestly, you got to have you got to have a good April. Yeah. You got to you got that those players, Manny, Xander, right. all the guys that have been here, they need to win an extra inning game in like the first two <laughs> weeks. They have yeah. to do it. Like it's just has to be done. Um that's the, one run mentally, game. One extra run game, game. Extra inning game. Please well, like, win think, a couple of those early. Think about two teams from last year, the Marlins, good example, the Diamondbacks. Both got off to really, really good starts. Think about that start the D-backs got off to. Remember, midsummer they went through a swoon. Yep. It looked like they were going to fall apart. But the good start allowed them to little breathing room. steady the ship yep. a little bit. You know, if you're looking at the Diamondbacks, I think we all hope the Padres win more than 84 games. And I think they are capable of sure. that. You feel like you're in the driver's seat so much more right. if you can get off to that good start right, yeah. and then yeah, just yeah. withstand the blows. And, and every team goes through one of those swoons. Texas, had Texas a, did. I mean, they had a longer good start, but they had a swoon in you know August into September where it looked like they might not even make the playoffs for a little ben, bit. But because they played well early, they got in, they won a World Series. Ben and the Jets at 21 and 22, though, both started off sure. incredible and, and then went to, point. You know, went, to, went to pot uh, quickly. Right. And so... 
I do think coming off of last year, though, a hot start is absolutely necessary. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, it doesn't have to be 29 and 1 or anything like that. But you need people need to know this is the brand of baseball we're going to be playing. Right. And that, that, I don't want to say demand for a hot start, but that necessity for a hot start, look, it may not be totally fair. It's a different team with. You know, a lot of key pieces from last year that were lost in Snell and Hader and a new manager. It may not be totally fair, but look, I'm with you from the fan base perspective. I get it. Like, after last year and seeing what happened and kind of waiting for the, the whole thing to click and it, it not really happening, I do think it is a fair, I don't know if expectation is the right word, but like a fair desire for them to play well to start, and then be able to carry some of that momentum. What do you guys think, Mr. Panda in the chat says, we all know we're a fourth-place team, regardless of what you try to sell us. I'm not trying to sell anything, but... I I, don't agree with that. I I think going into the season, I mean, uh, the unexpectedness of baseball, you know, throwing out the window, first seems a little... Ambitious. With First what is the very ambitious. If we well, were in here selling you that you're going to win yeah. the division, and, we're, we're and absolute. Then you're, then you're saying they're going to win. And fifth, games. I would hope that they're still better than the Rockies, yeah. given given that the Rockies have done nothing uh, essentially in it's the so offseason. Hard to even forecast because they can't go to they can't crack opening day with this roster. No, they will not. There have but, to be moves to be made. You know, I can see a scenario where the Diamondbacks they've made some good offseason moves. It doesn't necessarily automatically mean as we not. know they're better than a World Series team from last year. They were an 84 win team over the regular season last year. Essentially, you know, standard deviation away from the Padres which were an 82 win team. The Giants, I mean mm-hmm. the Padres finished ahead of them last year. They added Jung Ho Lee, but I'm, I'm not saying that the Giants are making some big jump either. I I can see the Padres anywhere from second to fourth this year, sure. pretty pretty reasonably. I, I'm not making a prediction at the moment, but I don't know they're a fourth place team. I don't know they're a third or a second place team, but it's somewhere in those three going into the season. And I think just overall, I think you would feel a lot better if if the center field and left field and DH questions were answered Good and ones. you knew exactly what the rest of that lineup looks like, I think you'd be able to predict it out or at least project it out a little bit better, right? Because then you just know more. Again, it's so weird because I'm literally a week away from leaving for Peoria and there's so much unknown. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and by the way, it's not just the Padres. I mean, Snell, Montgomery, yeah. Bellinger. I mean, you know, if you're a New York Yankees fan, you're like, hey, we traded for Soto. What are we doing, though, to right. make this team better? I mean, so many teams have those questions. So I think it's been an odd off season. But this idea, even right now, without knowing what the total picture looks like, even right now, you know, the idea that that they're they're automatically the fourth place team yeah, in, in the division. I, can't I, buy I that. think that's nonsense. They really do. Make me not want to watch. Yeah, man, I, don't, I, I don't think <laughs> I, I think there is a a world and a scenario depending on how this all shakes out, how they play, the start they get off to, the whole picture that yeah, they're they're a wild card team and the sure. second place team in this division. I, I really do. And look, I think the Diamondbacks are going to be better. Confident, young, talented team they added. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Tough division, but uh we shall see when you have Tatis and Manny and Bogarts, these guys, to me, that that means you should be in the mix. Yep. Sammy, you're around all four hours uh, for the midday today? Ten to two, yes. Ten to two. Woo! Sitting in in the Annie and Elston program, Sammy Levitt, coming up later. Thank you for coming in and joining us. My this pleasure. Morning. All right, uh, we will come back. We've got two hours left in the program. And unfortunately, when we return, got a shout-out to the family of uh, Tier 1 that uh, that passed away, and we will... 
talk a little bit about that. I didn't realize that Woods uh, had such a, a deeper relationship yep. as well. Uh, so that is coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Coming up on a Friday, Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Save that. Save that. We are halfway home on a Friday, February 2nd. Ben and Woods, 97.3. The fan. Great to be here with you on a uh, sunny, sunny so far Friday. I think the weather is going to come back uh, in the next few days. Going to get some rain. Uh, yesterday didn't feel as bad to me as the, the previous one. Uh, I, I certainly didn't see as much uh, devastation and destruction as I did after the uh, the last rain. But So hopefully everyone is okay. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor uh, as well. Yeah, I woke up to some sad news this morning. I uh, woke up this morning early and looked at my, my phone, and my wife had tweeted it um, about our friend Tom. And uh, Tom owned a bike repair service in Lucadia and has for many, many years. And uh, one of the – it was uh, Tom's mobile bike service, Padres fan, huge Padres fan, huge tier one of the show. He passed away unexpectedly uh, yesterday. And uh, I was really, really sad uh, when I saw the news this morning. It sucks waking up to that. Um, Tom is a guy, you know, he's native. He's one of the few guys – that always, since I got here, really, he listened to me on the old station, he listened to me on, on the old, old station. Um, he's always been super supportive of my career and uh, longtime friends of, of my mother-in-law, Susie's. And, uh, you know, he he fixed our Bob stroller like 40 times. Like, what's, like he would fill up the tires. He would replace the tubes. Um, he was one of the few guys that, that always made me feel like I was welcome here. Always. And uh, would DM me uh, things about my kids and just a great, great man. He, he wrote me two days ago uh, when I posted, you know, my radio anniversary. He said, we're the lucky ones, brother. We watch every morning on the tube. That's right. We. Katie's a big fan, too. Keep on rocking it. Much love. Um, and I was really, really sad to see that news. So, Tom uh, and Tom's family, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't Tory. know Tom personally, but, yeah, his uh, his son, Tori, is one of Shelly's dearest friends. And, and we've known Tori for years. And they've got little kids. And uh, I was there, actually, when Tori called Shelly with the news yesterday. And it was very... Obviously sad, but I didn't realize you had that connection as well uh, with Hannah and and her family in Lucadia. You couldn't have met a a kinder, kinder uh, soul and a really peaceful guy, too. And I just was really, really uh, bummed to see that news uh, this morning when I woke up. So uh, thinking about you guys, certainly we lost a good one, man. We lost a good one uh, in, in the community. True, true San Diegan, all of his heart, all of his soul. Um, was put back into this community. He is a really, really great, great man. Very, very bummed to, oh. to see this this morning. Polly, you know what that means. If you would, yeah, go ahead. In and deepest respect, he would love it. By the way, he would love it. Unity and more peace. 
when already things are so difficult. So, shout out to his family. Yep, he would love it. He would love it. Mm. That's tough. That's tough, man. Tough, tough, tough. I just, you, you know, you get a little panicked. He's a great grandfather. He's always showing pictures of him and his his grandkids. So yeah, it's just it's it's you get that panicky feeling when you wake up in the morning when you start your day like that. But um, yeah, man, definitely, definitely going to be missed. Kind of like that panicky feeling. Now I get. What do I do at this point? You, you yeah, heartfelt tribute, mm-hmm. well, well spoken, Woods, and now it's eight oh four. Like, do I dive into Lakers rumors here, or what do I do? <laughs> really hard. Maybe I should have waited to the end. Maybe the, I don't know. Right. This don't is know. this is a, an issue we've had a, a several times before. But when you do a tribute in the middle of a segment, and then we're sitting here, I can't go to break. Like in TV, you know what they do? They have the. They a go picture. to black, it, yeah. it, silence, a picture, and then it fades to black, and there's like an extra like three or four beats, and then it's a commercial, and you restart. <laughs> the tribute topic wheel this morning. Go ahead. Why not? It's fantastic. That is fantastic. What, what did you regularly eat as a kid oh. that you wouldn't touch now? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, deviled ham. Devil, Sam- deviled. I'm but so, maybe so salmon patties. I've eaten a lot of things in my life. I don't think I've ever eaten deviled ham. What makes <laughs> seen it, it so deviled? You? How do you devil a ham? I know how you devil an egg. I've had deviled eggs. How do you devil ham? It is. What makes it so devilish? Probably the sodium nitrate in it that will absolutely stop your heart. Wait, what is it, though? Is it like ham salad? Is it yeah, spicy it's ham? Like ham? What is it? What is it's it? like ham salad is what it is. Uh, the ingredients, <laughs> ham and seasoning. Mustard, flour, spices, turmeric. <laughs> seasoning. Um, yeah. Uh, I ate it when I was a kid. <sighs> My grandmother would make. Deviled ham, not make it. You buy it in the Underwood was the name of the thing. It's got the little devil on it, and I, I would like. I think I thought it was gross then, <laughs> but I really wouldn't eat it now. Um, For me, it's uh, well. I, there's probably ham in it. Lunchables. I used to have lots of lunchables. They're I, really bad for you. I would not yeah. touch a lunchable now. You wouldn't eat one. No, I would still eat one in a pinch. Really? Yeah. In a pinch, I would. But just I crackers think I'm a, and ham. I'm afraid it's not good of the little for you, but it doesn't meat. taste like crap. It doesn't taste great I don't think, anymore. I, don't, I don't, can't remember the last time I had a yeah, lunch. It's been a long time. I'm just saying, it kind of scares me now. Yeah, the the it's it's unhealthy. Now that I've had like real charcuterie and <laughs> like one of my favorite things, I can't go back to Lunchables at this point. That's what Lunchables is. It's charcuterie it, yeah. for kids. It's, um, it's for Alabamans. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's Alab- It's Mississippian charcuterie. Florida is what it man. Is. Yeah. Florida man charcuterie board. <laughs> One giant Lunchable. That's true. Uh, my, my grandmother. You know, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. And me and my mom uh, lived with my, my grandparents for a while when I was growing up. And um, she used to make these. It was. I'm not kidding you guys. It's probably why I'm so disgusted by salmon now she used to get canned salmon canned and make salmon patties and then fry them up in the salmon cakes. salmon cakes and i smell it 
to this day, she had like a, I remember like a green Canned pan. fish has a strong smell. I mean, we all have eaten canned tuna, obviously. This is but. good. Fish sticks. I won't touch them. I used to eat the crap out of fish sticks. Oh, yeah, no I will not sticks. touch a fish stick now. Now, what's the difference between like fish and chips and a fish stick? Because I'll eat fish and chips. I will too. Prepared at a restaurant. Yes. Not a Gorton's fisherman. <laughs> no. <laughs> no frozen breaded fish items will pass these lips. No, I'm with you, point. dude. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, yeah, a I, lot of I, things in a can I don't, won't eat anymore. I, I won't eat like... I didn't want salmon! <laughs> I said it four times! Me now. Dinosaur-shaped nuggets yeah. or any any shaped, really, meat at all. Uh, <laughs> it's really off the table at this point. That just sparked my memory. <laughs> you, I, do you eat dino nuggets? No. no. Uh, I would. I absolutely would. Absolutely. Uh, when I was a kid, speaking of... Nuggets, I would dip my chicken nuggets in ketchup as a kid. I, yeah. They came out with, in like the late 90s, uh, colored ketchup, like green ketchup yep. and blue ketchup. Yep, I remember those, yeah. And I loved it. Of course. And then I realized it tasted, I don't know if it was the just the look of it that made it taste weird. It didn't taste like regular ketchup. Doesn't I was taste, like, I can yeah. never do that again. It was like a texture thing or something. It was yeah. like, nope, this is supposed to be red, not green and i couldn't i couldn't possibly do that now trying to think what else um i mean when you're a kid you'll eat well you have your phases where you'll eat nothing like my kids and then you'll eat everything that you can get your hands on um but there were you know there were there was a ton of like ton of things my mom used to make like she used to make liver and onions and i was like bro this is tastes like bud i don't want this this is snooty ben a little bit i won't eat Kraft mac and cheese anymore because i've had good mac and cheese and i I can't go back i could not disagree more i had it two nights i know i know shelly loves it too and she makes shelly makes literally the best mac and cheese in the world and she still likes the Kraft mac and cheese when you tried to do it when people try to fancy up mac and cheese you're you're missing it Oh, you have a breadcrumb layer on top, and there's tiny little, you know, spices and all kinds of. Craft is remains superior. I was on the Velveeta shells kick for a long time in college. Couldn't eat that now. Velveeta oh, shells. I'll take that over craft. Oh, ten out of ten. Craft. It's my favorite. It's like my favorite. It'd be my. It'd be part of my last meal. So we had. I made the family size box. My kids barely eat. Hannah didn't eat any of it. I had a trough of it left. A trough. 8 p.m. the other night, everyone's asleep. I walked out. I crushed the entire thing of craft. Put a little Cholula on there and murdered it. Murdered it. And it is my it's I think it's my favorite food. Speaking of craft, I also used to eat those individual slices of American cheese when oh, I was yeah. a kid. I, I won't do that anymore do that. either. They taste on, like wax paper. I put it on crackers. It comes still do to it. like uh, sweet treats when Some I was people a kid. put it on their face. <laughs> 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 Which really makes it now unappealing to eat, to even think about eating. Please find that picture and put it up in the chat or tweet it or something. Oh, my God. Oh. Now, Kurt says Chef Boyardee, which is the obvious answer. The You'll problem is it. I will actually still eat that now every once in a while. So grody. So grody. I know. I know. But I never lost my taste for it the only, Honestly, the only thing I eat out of a can these days is tuna fish. That's it. That's the only, That's the only, the only thing food. I eat out of a can. That's it. I don't eat veggies out of a can. I don't eat fruits out of a can anymore, like fruit cocktail and stuff. I won't eat you that You won't anymore. eat fruit cocktail. I mean, I will, but I don't. Beans? Beans. I don't eat a lot of beans. Can. Good for your heart. Baked beans. No, I hate baked beans. You oh. hate oh. baked beans. Is that allowed from Texas? Yeah, yeah. I can't stand them. Cannot stand baked beans. 
I don't eat me. Uh, I don't really eat a lot of beans. I mean, ingredients that come in a can, like canned tomatoes that go in a yeah, sauce do that. and stuff. You'll yeah. do that, but you won't eat something mm-hmm. just heated and eat. Like it I'm going to heat can. up some green beans from the can. No, I'm not. I'm just chicken noodle soup. Oh, I do eat soup. Okay. Yeah, soup, soup, and and tuna. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I do eat. A, I like soup. Yeah, beans. Save that. I like soup. <laughs> you throw me throw a random one in there with me. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, that was a. I liked that. I liked your timing on that, though, Polly. That really was good. Yeah, save me that from what I had no idea where I was going. Actually, I do want to get to that Lakers rumor because it oh, is. We don't know. It's a really rumor. It's a re- but it comes from a source that has been right about some things. And if you didn't see this one yesterday, oh no, it's pretty. It's pretty wild that you would have never imagined it could happen, but maybe it will happen. Oh. You're, I'll, I'll be brief. Teasing it. I will be brief. I've teased it. That's we'll our get tease. to it. That's coming our tease. Up after that's, a check, that's what you want the listeners. I will, br- to I think will be about brief. As that we hope that they don't change the station Fine. during commercial break. That's More what, topic wheel coming and up next. some Padres baseball on ninety-seven three the fan. Gamut of topics that nobody likes. If you'd like me to bring yeah, them love to the to. table Let's, here, yeah, things Ben likes that <laughs> Not nobody just else does. Lakers, but I can talk some golf. I am playing a golf tournament tomorrow. It is the hardest format I think that you can play in a golf tournament. Alternate shot, alternate shot. I hit with one, a partner. You hit one, and you just keep going until you hole out at the end of the hole. Imagine playing with me. What a nightmare that would be. How it, bad! It really, it would even be. for pros, even like at the Ryder Cup, they mostly hate the alternate shot format. You never get into a rhythm. No, you're not in places that you usually are because right. generally, even if a partner is similar to you in distance and stuff, they all you know they all put it in different spots. So you're playing out of unusual positions. But the really the worst part of it, of course, is that when you're playing golf and you're playing badly, who are you letting down? Yourself. Yourself. Yeah. And you can deal with that. Anyone can deal with that. You can be bummed, but you're letting down yourself. It's so much worse when you feel like I'm letting someone else down. Ter- it's, I, it would be the worst. It would be the most anxiety-ridden thing ever. So tomorrow morning, I am playing with uh, Tim, who owns the Regal Seagull. We are partners in the GOAT alternate shot two-man monthly tournament, and I am both Excited about it and dreading it because it is by far the hardest format, I think, in golf. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the real golf tournament going on at Pebble Beach. I, if you were going to do golf. I, the only thing that stunned me yesterday about is, the Lakers at this point. is that they played. <laughs> the weather was actually good. It, it was, was beautiful. better at Pebble Beach yeah. yesterday than it was down here for sure. I did watch Xander put two into the ocean which was off of a, off the tee box, which was insane. I did see Rory McIlroy, Ben, get, he got a two-stroke penalty, Paulie. Uh, three, which, actually. Was it three? Well, 
Because so, he, he was playing great. He was six he under. He was six under. And then he collapsed, and he hit a ball into an unplayable lock. Okay. And it's a one-stroke penalty to take a drop. But he also... He was using an old rule of going back on a line, and apparently he misapplied the rule because they changed it back this year. So he had the one-stroke penalty for the drop and then a two-stroke penalty for an illegal drop. An illegal drop. And wow. so he took three extra strokes. Oh. He went from like six under to one under in a span of a couple of holes. Um, that actually, is brutal. Uh, Matthew Pavone, the guy who won at Torrey last week, had another great round. He yep. had the best round at Pebble. He's in third at seven under. Uh, Thomas Dietrich, who was good at Pebble last week, he is nine under. He's in the lead, and Cantlay is in second at eight. And the kid that just left Alabama to go pro is um, dead last. Dunlap. What's his name? Dunlap. Nick Dunlap. Paulie, remember the kid that was that won that tournament? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was an amateur. Goes pro from Alabama. Comes out yesterday in his first pro event, and he is in dead last place. What's he at? Six over. Four over. Four I think. over. Yeah. Holy smokes! I was watching him, and you you know you just see it. You're like, oh, this is the I'm at the big time. But now. for anyone who goes, ah, he shouldn't have gone pro. There were a lot of no, guys. At, no at, cut. Even if he finishes last, he's going to make a ton of money. He's going to get some experience. It's probably still the right decision yeah. for him to go pro. All right, give us this Lakers news. So that you've been dying to talk I, about. the reason why this caught my attention is this did not come from Woj or Shams or any of the NBA insiders. In fact, I don't know this guy. But he's a television anchor up in Los Angeles at KTLA named David Pingalore. And he tweeted, hearing from NBA peeps, LeBron James is at the top of the Lakers list to trade. Palenka looking for the right team to dance and is close to a suitor. LBJ and AD both out tonight for the game. And I I saw that and I go, who's this guy? He doesn't know anything. This is clickbait. This is... Apparently, David Pingalore has been right on a couple of big NBA stories involving LeBron and the Lakers, his return to L.A. He was ahead of the game on that. He had some Kawhi news that turned out to be right. He's not just a guy who just throws a bunch of stuff on the wall and something occasionally sticks. So it has actually started making some circles around the NBA that is it is it possible that the Lakers are looking to trade LeBron James? They're sitting at 500. LeBron has an option for next season, but he can opt out. He could become a free agent at the end of the year if he wanted. Is it time to blow it up, build around AD, who's locked up for the next few years, and go a little bit younger and change the direction? LeBron's having a great season. He's not the problem with the Lakers, but they obviously are a highly mediocre basketball team that plays great one night and then terrible the next night. And there's no consistency at all. The crazy thing is last night they had no LeBron or AD and they won at Boston, one of their best wins of the season. But you can't you can't you can't build a team that you don't know what kind of team's gonna show up on any given night. Forgive my ignorance. LeBron James has been in the league for twenty years. Correct. And you can just trade him at the drop does he have a is there there's no, I don't think no he trade? Has no trade. Well, why? I why wouldn't know. he have that? I don't know. Do they Seems do that like in basketball? Have, they now, do, don't they? Just they do. There's rule there's a lot of rules that are in place. I don't know. It's like it's very complex when it when you sign a contract like there is an automatic no trade for a while but then within like certain amount of the end of the contract right. there's like it goes away I if, if you try to get me to explain the NBA contract rules they really are the most complicated, so complicated. rules in all the of cap sports and everything else everything that goes along with NBA contracts it's it's insane I just that to me feels a little bit odd you know have, having a guy of his stature you know traded to the <laughs> Who? I mean, who? who's trading for LeBron? 
every team in the NBA, right? I would assume, right? But like, who's going to give up, and what do they have to give up? This and is, this is all for not because Rich Paul went on ESPN this morning, said not his traded. agent, not and happening. Said, LeBron won't be traded. We're not asking to be traded. It's not happening. Yeah. Well, so stop guy, asking. So yeah, I'm not going to. Hey, will you trade LeBron, please? I'm not going to. So quit asking. Okay. It's uh. It's so hard because you got to make salaries match. Yes. I mean, to come up with an actual NBA trade seems like it's it's too much trouble to even go down the road. <laughs> like, I'm a GM of an God, NBA I'd be team. A great GM. I, know, I, uh, I can't make this work. Okay, guess, never mind. While, while we're on this, I'm reading uh, the ESPN story about Rich Paul saying, "No, he's not being traded." It says uh, LeBron has a 51.4 million dollar player option in his contract for next <sighs> season. He has until June 29th to exercise that option. Okay, Bronny. At USC, he's a candidate to enter the NBA draft. The draft is held June 26th and 27th, two days before, before. LeBron has to decide on his option. So Bronny could get drafted by the Knicks, and LeBron could say, all right, I'm out. I'm or he could get drafted the by the Lakers or he and go, I'm staying. I'm staying. Interesting. Ooh, yep. Very So interesting. that will all be known before LeBron has to make that decision. I would assume, look, I mean... I don't know anything about running a team, but if I'm running an NBA team and you got the 52nd pick in the second round and Bronny hasn't been chosen yet, what do you have to lose? That guy's the the, the player that you would have drafted in the second round, probably not going to contribute much anyways, and it's certainly not going to have as much of an impact as getting Bronny James and then being able to go get his dad, LeBron, because the money you're going to make in jersey sales sure. and merch, you know, all the marketing and all that Way valuable than way more valuable and, than any and other. He's still pick. a great player, yeah, even at his really age. Well. He is defying age. He is worth it because with the NBA salary cap, you you can't pay stars what they're worth. Yeah. LeBron is worth mm, ten times what he can actually get paid in the NBA because of the cap. So I'd think any team would be interested in bringing him along. You mentioned the Knicks; they're they're, they're absolutely what a, nine, in a, row, nine, nine in, a in a row. Jalen Brunson looks like an MVP candidate right now, and they say Madison Square Garden right now is the place Electric. to be. Like it hasn't been in years, decades, years. that Madison Square Garden is popping right now, which just happens to be the Lakers' next opponent. Tomorrow night they play the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. I'd imagine that LeBron's going to try to be back for that one with the uh, the attention, although he missed the Boston game, which yeah. is also a huge one. And then they won, which, again, makes no sense what's going on right now, but that's what the uh, the talk is in the NBA this morning. There you go. That's your NBA talk with basketball, Ben. We forgot the music, Paulie. We forgot. It's been so long, we forgot to play his uh, his intro music. All right, uh, there it is. <laughs> love it. Right, oh, I love uh, it. We'll get back to some pod race. I do also want to bring up that topic that you tweeted about yesterday, Super Bowl Saturday. Is it an idea the NFL would ever consider? Why the like, hell why not? not? Why not? Why don't they? Why don't they move it off from Sunday? Can't we move all of our parties to Saturday? Do it on the day where we don't mind having a couple of extra beers, and you know, don't have to get up for most of us early the next morning. Why don't they move it to Saturday? Why does it have to be on Sunday? We'll get to that coming up. It's Ben Woods on a Friday on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, the fan.
Patrick Mahomes getting uh, body shamed a little bit? I did. For the video, shirtless video celebrating the AFC Championship win. Man, people are really obsessed with other people's body. It makes you, I think it makes somebody feel better about themselves to take a shot at an absolutely elite, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, take a shot at his body and go, oh, look at you. Look at you, little little uh, little doughy, little spare tire. I mean, he doesn't. He's not yoked. He doesn't have the world's greatest body. Nor is that a, a requirement for the job. He just happens to have an absolute missile for an arm, and uh, you know, a really good head on his shoulders as far as what to do with the football and when. I found out yesterday. My mom's best. My mom. My parents are in town. They're from uh, from East Texas. They live in East Texas. And my mom said, "Oh yeah, her best friend." is good friends with Patrick Mahomes' mom, since she's the nicest lady you'll ever meet. And uh, they have a home out there in, in East Texas as well. And I said, oh. And I said, I'm going to try to get a signed football. I said, that'd be fantastic. That would be absolutely fantastic. Grab two if you can. Well, you can tell by Patrick Mahomes' response, which was poking fun at himself. Yeah. Oh, dad bod. Yeah, yeah, dad bod. He's a dad. Uh, the Yeah, he was definitely raised pretty well, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. Yeah. Now, I don't know that all, all the people that he associates with have that same quality, but... Patrick Mahomes still yeah, feels like point. still feels like one of the one of the good ones, and it's probably why I'm I'm going to be pulling for the Chiefs. I think in the Super Bowl, yeah, uh, coming up. That's uh, my pick too. That's it, my pick. you know, and and people, well, he's not Tom Brady. He, Tom Brady laughed because someone called him the goat, and you know, Patrick Mahomes is the goat, and Brady's come on, like whatever. He right? doesn't have the rings yet, but boy, he's on a really good path. You know, the I goat path. Start. <laughs> yeah, really good I, path. I didn't realize that. You know, Tom Brady ended up with what seven. Super Seven Bowl rings, yeah. but there was like a, a almost what a ten year period in the middle of his career where they didn't win one. Right, he was like it was a decade between it was his third one, and then when he got the he over the beat the row. Seattle Mariners or Seattle Seahawks in that Super Bowl where they didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, but that ended like a decade drought for Tom Brady. Just think about that. You can be the goat. Still go an entire 10-year period without winning yeah. a Super Bowl in your career. Hundred percent. And Patrick Mahomes, he's still just. Getting started early well, in his, his career and all the things he's accomplished already, he absolutely could go on yeah. and equal or surpass Tom Brady's accomplishments. Brady, Brady lost three, yeah, lost additional three. Yeah. Super Bowls. Oh my God, man, that you is think about insane. Like, just because I mean, just getting there is such an accomplishment. Four out of five we, years for Patrick we, Mahomes already. That's, that's insane, man. Crazy. And and they did his playoff record. What's his playoff record? Like fourteen and three or something? <laughs> the, the, sixteen and three. Sixteen and three. Yeah, the same as. You know, Tom and and or it, it, I mean, it's nuts. Now, think part about the, how insane it was for the Padres to get to the NLCS, yeah, and how unbelievably cool that was for all of us involved as Padres fans. Freaking Chiefs have gone to six straight 100%. AFC championships. Yeah, I mean, six straight. The Pats. That's why I never like you hear you hear the "woe is me" from Boston. Like, bro, you had the best run in sports history. You know, you should always have have that to hang your hat on. Was that was incredible. Now the Chiefs are that too. Watching uh, the end of that game uh, over the weekend, you see the post game celebrations on the field getting underway, and I was watching a like an equipment guy going around passing out hats. Yep. He's a team employee. Like those guys, that's their job. They're there for years and years and years. Players come and go, and I go, if you're just one of the like the team manager or an equipment guy or something like that, you just plan on 
your season doesn't end at the beginning of January. Like, vacations. We're planning on riding this thing out until at least the end of January. Now, the reason why the goat talk is laughable is because a big part of being the goat, maybe the most important part of being any sports goat, is longevity, is doing it over an extended period of time. You can't be the goat by having a good five-year run. You've got to keep it going. And if Patrick Mahomes keeps it going... Absolutely, that's going to be a fair conversation to have at some point. The team success, the individual success, it's all been there so far. But he's got to keep, he's got to do it another decade at least. And then you can start having the conversation that, yeah, I think he was better than Tom Brady in his career. But now you can't have that conversation. Well, and of course, you know, the, the winning that, that last game of the season, that's the biggest one, and that's the one we wanted to talk about today. The one that uh, happens on Sunday every year, but should it happen on Sunday? We'll talk about that right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. One of the funnier tweets I've seen uh, in a while. Uh, My Sports Update tweets, The Chiefs have removed wide receiver Kadarius Toney from the injury report. He was a full go today at practice. And then a guy named Jordan tweets in, huge blow for the Chiefs ahead of... Su- <laughs> <laughs> ahead of the Super Bowl getting a healthy receiver back. <laughs> huge blow to the Chiefs. You happy now, Kadarius? Yeah, We're not saying you're hurt anymore. It may move the line. When you don't play in the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's on no one but you now. <laughs> so good. Uh, so good. Don't want to make anyone sad, but we're down to the last couple of Boomer and Valentes this year. Tonight, seven o'clock, your chance to uh I will be there. Hear Boomer and Valenti on the uh the bye week in between the Super Bowl talking here on ninety seven three the fan. It is brought to you by Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it and Lowe's Lowe's knows home improvement. So this was uh, a topic that is not brand new, but it was no. making the rounds again yesterday. One of the national hosts, I think, was talking about Dan it. Patrick, the GOAT. Well, Dan right Patrick, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan the, Patrick. The greatest the of all time. Host. The national host, the only one worth DP, a flip. Um the idea that the Super Bowl should be played on Saturday yep. rather than Sunday. I got a grassroots campaign that I want to run by. And I want you to tell me if you like it and what we can do. So it's something to think about when it comes to when the Super Bowl is played. If we have two weeks in between conference title games and the Super Bowl, how about we play the Super Bowl on the Saturday instead of the Sunday two weeks after the AFC-NFC title games? Who's with me? Everybody. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great that you have all of this time so both teams get plenty of rest? Saturday is the Super Bowl. Sunday you get to recover. His desk gives me massive anxiety. It looks like he's at a, in a, a junkyard, sitting at a desk with a microphone. In it's a, a bit junk, cluttered. In yeah. a junkyard. It's a bit cluttered, but that's uh, their look. Hi, this is the Dan Patrick junkyard. Would you like to drop something off? It, there is more crap on that desk than anything I've ever seen. All right, I, that's just a, as an aside. He's the greatest of all time. I love Dan Patrick so much. Uh, he is absolutely right. There is no reason to have it on a Sunday. What's the, the argument? The argument, I think, is tradition. Now, our beloved Adam Klug last night, when I tweeted this out, he's thinking like he's thinking like a, a, a brand manager, okay? So I tweeted, I can't think of one decent argument against it. And uh, he said, 
something to the effect of, oh, here it is. It's all about Super Bowl. I'm all about Super Bowl Saturday. If you're asking for any argument against it, the only one I can think of is that the NFL gets tons of media coverage the following day on radio and TV, and there's fewer live shows on Sunday than Monday. Feels less urgent to discuss two days later. I disagree. Uh, I think that it's the Super Bowl. It's the final They'll game. Still get you're still get, it's going to be your lead story everywhere. Uh, going to Ben's playing just for a second. But the reason why Saturday makes sense is because everyone goes to a Super Bowl party, and when it happens on Sunday, late in the day, it makes it harder to go to work on Monday. It makes it it's, This it's is terrible. basically what we're talking That's about, right? That's exactly what we're and, talking and about. And while on the West Coast, the game ends around – seven-ish, and you can get out of there at a reasonable hour, like, okay, game's over, say goodbye to everybody, you're home by 8. On 9, the, 30, 10, on the 10, East Coast yeah. especially, the game doesn't even end until 10. And if you stay at all for like the post-game, the trophy, anything like that, you're not done with your party, and you've had a few, no doubt about it, and you're getting home at 11, 11.30. Last thing a lot of people want to do is wake up on Monday morning and, and go to work after the Super Bowl. Put it on Saturday... Solves almost all of those issues for people with a normal Monday to Friday schedule. Now, I've also heard the the standard is we'll just make Monday a national holiday. That to me, like <laughs> I see some of the national holidays we have, and I go, oh, all right, cool. I mean, I day off for me, I'm I'm fine. I don't got to come up with any content or anything like that. That's great. Um, but I just think it's you've moved playoff games to Saturdays now. You have have shown that you're willing to do it. You know, there there's playoff games on Saturdays now. Just move the biggest game of the year to a Saturday. It will, I think, it will help businesses tremendously. They already get a really nice boost from you know Super Bowl parties and things like that. But you're more apt to cut loose. You're more apt to spend some money, knowing tomorrow is a day to lay on the couch and DoorDash and not have to do much. Now I'm a father of two. I don't. I won't have one beer during the Super Bowl. I probably won't catch one commercial during the Super Bowl. It's probably going to be right around what I like to call in my home crunch time. Uh, it's, I'm screwed either way. But for 21-year-old me, 25-year-old me in the working world, dude, it was a nightmare. I, I would, my, bit, my bit I did every year. Yeah, I'll come to your Super Bowl party. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a few. And then I'm going to Uber home at halftime. And I never stayed for a full one. Now, I don't stay for a lot of stuff anyway, but that was always the move. Like, yeah, I'll watch up until halftime. And 99% of the time, I'm like, I don't care about seeing CNC Music Factory at the Super Bowl. I'll just take a cab home and, and go from there. Don brings up the point, what about people who spend Saturday getting their party set up for Sunday? Do it on yeah. Friday, Don. Taking time to Do make Saturday your buffalo morning, chicken Don. dips. Don, you got all day. Friday Wings afternoon and everything. And evening. Friday afternoon, evening, and all day Saturday till the party. Um, I'll put on my, my Adam Klug type marketing hat. If I... Because I don't care if I'm the NBA and they move it to Saturday, I'm fine. I can move my games. You know, you don't want to compete against the Super Bowl, like the Phoenix Waste Management Open. They like to end it right early, like at three o'clock, right before the game. NBA, there's usually an early game this year. Boston, Miami, eleven a.m. Before the once the Super Bowl, the stage is clear. There are no other sports going on. But I don't even know why TV stations run programming. I so, but <laughs> if the Super insane. Bowl was moved to a Saturday, I clear my Saturday schedule. I would then try to do something big on Sunday. Like if I was the NBA, I might move the All Star game to yeah. that Sunday to try to steal feel like a void in the sports world on that Sunday that used to be Super Bowl Sunday. I've heard the other option is. 
you know, for so long, there was a big gap, like a two-week gap between the end of the Super Bowl and then, like, pitchers and catchers reporting for us. That's what we care about. Um, now that you've added the extra regular season game, the season has extended even longer. The Super Bowl is going to be on Sunday the 11th this year. What if they started the season one week later and made it so that the Super Bowl always landed on the Sunday before President's Day? Then that is a holiday. Yep. Everybody gets it off. And if ESPN wants to have Stephen A. Smith and the crew come in on President's Day to react to the Super Bowl, everybody can still do that. But the majority of the hardworking American folk are going to be off that day. Yep. And there you go. Problem solved. Yeah, problem solved. Move it to President's Day weekend. And, uh, you know, you're an extra bye week for everybody in the season. Yeah, be good great. for health and wellness for everybody. Now, shortens the offseason even more. But the NFL has the longest offseason. Yep. You know, it's usually it's so it's February well, all the way essentially until no off season. Like the NFL is always top of mind. It's always it's top. Combine, it's always top of mind. And then it's the draft, and then it's mini camps and OTAs, and then it's training camp, and then it's preseason, and then we're back to. But week when you one. think about it, like most players are, if you don't make the playoffs, you're done first week of January, and you don't. Yeah, there's mini camps, and you show up for a weekend here or there, but you don't show up until training camp until the start of all end of July. So that is January, February, March, April, May, June. You got seven straight months where you don't have daily practices, any games to worry about. In baseball, even if you don't make the playoffs, you are playing into the early October, and you're back daily spring training middle of February. That's four and a half months. So the baseball offseason is nearly a a quarter of the year shorter than the football offseason, which is already really long. So if you added a week, I don't think it would... I don't think it'd harm anyone to shorten the offseason a little bit. I, I don't think so either. And I mean, there's people in the chat saying, well, maybe just don't drink on Sunday. Yeah, obviously, that's an option. Um, but, I, you know, I I hated – I like when big games are on the weekends when I have a, a, a day off the next day to recover, whether it's watching the game, eating too much, drinking too much, you know, whatever. Uh, I like that little buffer day. I don't we remember do. who said it. Somebody in the chat was saying that, like, WWE, for example, they moved all their big – uh, pay-per-view fights that used to be on Sunday nights. Now they're on Saturdays. Smart. And I started thinking about like MMA, boxing. A lot of those big matches are on Friday or Saturday yeah, nights. Of course, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't it, the Super Bowl Sunday if it's a tradition. You know, Super Bowl Saturday rolls off the tongue as well, just what like a, Super Bowl Sunday. What about starting the Super Bowl? Like two hours early. I'm down with that too. Start that sucker at noon. I mean, man. There's no problem. No, there's no reason we need six hours of pregame show. Oh, I bet you the players would be all for it. <laughs> Nobody wants to pace around that much. You want to get that thing going, man. ASAP. And I'm sure it's there's some ratings reason, but of course. is anyone not going to watch the Super Bowl because it started at 1.30 instead of <laughs> no, 3.30? No. Oh, now I can't watch. I was going to watch, but I told I mean, you. your day is built around the Super Bowl anyway. Let's start it a couple hours earlier. I mean, I've seen the tweet before. Maybe they should have concerts at like 5 p.m. for some of us older uh, parents. I it, would sign up for a 5 p.m. show. It's probably because of whatever the network that pays for the Super Bowl. They, wanna, they always put on like some debut show yeah. afterwards, and they want people to like be settling down, it. sitting down for the here eight o'clock on the East Coast, you know, like ten, eleven o'clock, and that new show premieres. They don't want to premiere a new show at six in the you know evening or something. I mean, so. what a lead in! 
you know, the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, it's like the best one you can have. And then Ben and Wood's a close second. But after that, uh, it really falls off dramatically. But I think, I think, yeah, it, it would be great. Be great to do it. The me, hey, the media is still going to cover your game, <laughs> whether they come in on, on Tuesday, whether they come in on Monday and with a 24 hour lag time, they're still going to talk about the Super Bowl. Well, and the other part of it is with, on Sunday, what is everybody talking about on Saturday? Still the Super Bowl, Still the even Super if there's Bowl. other games. Yep. I mean, every day you push it back is another day the NFL owns the media yep. cycle. I'm all for it, my friend. Thank you, Dan Patrick. If Dan Patrick is running the grassroots campaign, you actually have a better shot to do it. Uh, our buddy Bro Haver tweets, and this this is assuming everyone works a Monday to Friday job. I'm off Mondays and Tuesdays. Super Bowl Sunday is fine. Yeah, for him... He's got the Monday off. Yeah. I work, I've worked every Super Bowl Sunday for the last 10 years. Yeah. I'm taking it off this year. Oh, you are? Yeah. A lot of people do take the day off as well. You can go ahead and, and, and submit for PTO the day after the Super Bowl as well. That's an option. Uh, but as it stands, Benny, I don't think they'll ever change it. It's, it's a deep and rich tradition, but I would be all for it. One other NFL note from yesterday. We were on when the uh, Commanders hired Dan Quinn as their head coach. I thought the, as I speculated. Uh, I thought the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury, though, I did not offensive see offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders. Ooh. It was an interesting move. Okay. And uh, combining him with Antonio Pierce. I'd be... I'd be pretty excited as a Raiders fan for that combination, actually. Well, and the other uh, news, too, yesterday, Colin Cowherd actually talked about this on his show. I think, I think he was talking out of his rear end, I think, which he's been known to do Does from do time that? to time. He said Caleb Williams and his team have no interest in going to the Chicago Bears, and it would be a situation where he would not play for the Chicago Bears. Again, this is Colin Cowherd, not me. Um some people in the comments are saying it's that's completely made up. But he also mentioned he may be interested in playing for the Raiders of Las Vegas. So then you're really Ooh. excited. If you can find There's a way. A that, and combine him with the Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. Could be fairly interesting. I, I would say if if that's not true and the Bears do want Caleb Williams... Justin Fields in the Raiders also yeah, would be 100%. an interesting option if there was a trade that could be made there to, yep. to pair him with a team that honestly played pretty well on this, at the end of the season under Antonio Pierce. They're sticking with him. They're adding a, a coordinator that, that people can be excited about. You look, and the point was made a couple of times yesterday. Jim Harbaugh may be the, you know, the win of the offseason by hiring him. But it doesn't change the basic facts that Patrick Mahomes is still in your division. Yep. The Chiefs are still in your division. I mean, Harbaugh said, I want to win multiple championships. Try winning a division title in the AFC West and see how hard that is, first of all. Usually, your playoff road, if you get there, starts with a road wild card game every year because that is a division that's going to be very hard to win with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So. That's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, other teams in that division making moves as well. And we're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still, still second, third, or fourth place in that division. Not going anywhere. And with the Raiders looking like they're making some smart moves as well, I mean, Broncos, come on, let's get going. Yeah, speed it up, get up to snuff. All right, we are uh, down to the final hour of the week of Ben and Woods. Paulie's got some Randall Report headlines, including... A tweet that Wood sent us yesterday that was pretty amazing. Oh, God. Um, and then we've got uh, Trevor Baptiste of the Seals. Oh, yes. Who Wood said, the best in the world at his particular skill. In the world. Coming up uh, ahead here on 97.3 The Fan.
can't remember the last time I slept till seven. Seven. <laughs> seven. Uh, you can sleep in, though, for our FanFest show, because that's not until noon. But we did get official word yep. that we will be broadcasting live from Woo! Padres FanFest on March 24th, Sunday, March 24th, at Petco Park. I'm not sure where in the ballpark we'll be located. Last year, we were down the first baseline. I yeah, yeah. kind of over by, there's like a pizza port in the right field yeah, corner. that's right. A cookie, cravery cookie stand. Not too far away. Yeah, yeah right before you there. get to the little ramps that go down to and the outfield area. The team was really cool last year. They brought us, uh, I think all three shows were out there. At yeah. least a couple of shows were out there, and they brought us some guests throughout the afternoon. I think we had we had Crony, uh, Jesse Agler stopped by, and I think we had Hoffy. Yes, we did. We always have Hoffy. Love it. So we have uh, officially received the approval that that will be happening again. That's one of those. We'll let you know once it's all confirmed and we know they'll tell us who's coming by. But if you don't want to wait in line, there's a chance. Uh, I don't know. There's a chance. There's a chance. Jake signed like 20 autographs he did. when he was there. He did. He got mauled. Be polite, though. Don't, oh, yeah. don't be pushy. If he won't it sign. It was pushy. Woods will sign for you. I will not. I will sign for you, but you don't want mine. Bring Woods the, is going to hire a security guard. Bring the value down of your, your card. Uh, we talked earlier about the Corbin Burns trade, the Baltimore Orioles picking up their top-of-the-rotation guy, a one-year rental for not the biggest of prospect halls, but when you kind of dig deeper, there's definitely some things to like about D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz, uh, the two guys that the Brewers did get. Uh, they're, of course, playing the cheaper, longer game. Uh, the Orioles, though, their fans, if any fan base, you know, other than the Padres in the last couple of years has deserved some good things to happen. I think the Baltimore Orioles have suffered long enough that, that this is very exciting for them, that they are unabashedly now going for it and can be considered an American League and even World Series top contender going into this season. Yeah, I saw the, the uh, response on Twitter and it did bring back some, and I was happy for them. It wasn't an envious type situation because we've had some, we've had a lot of fun, man, being Padres fans the last few years, right? A lot of fun. You know, great off seasons, big acquisitions, huge marquee players. It hasn't always worked out. I will give you that, certainly. Um, but that that rush that they got yesterday, seeing their their team go out and make a move for a Corbin Burns. It made me sad. Did it? Mostly for like the big picture, just the spot that the Padres are in. Like you mentioned yeah. earlier, okay, if the Padres only have like twenty to twenty-five million dollars to spend, don't spend you can't there. spend fifteen million dollars on Corbin Burns. Totally agree with you. It's the fact that that's where we're at. Yeah, right but you're now still talking. You're still talking about a payroll that's going to be in the top ten, probably maybe even higher. You know, I I understand it, man. It 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 had it all worked out. People would have had it all worked out for the absolute best it could work out. People would be okay with a transition year. They would be more than okay, right? Because they're still drunk from the World Series parade. You don't care at all. You're like, oh, all right, we'll let him go. Fine, we've got ours, right? We we talked about that when we got Juan Soto. We said it's a lot to give up. It's a tremendous haul. But if you get a ring, who cares? Who cares? Now it didn't work out. Not only that, you only got one playoff appearance with Juan Soto here. It it sets you back, man. It sets you back, and it it puts a bitter taste in your mouth. Now, in the old days, I don't know that the Soto trade is what set us back. No, but it did set you back. Yeah, but not nearly as much as some of the contract signings. Well, yeah, of course. Well, let's let's say they had kept one Soto Mm -hmm. for this year. For this year, yeah. But also, we're trying to reduce payroll, right? 
Who's pitching for this team? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joe and you every other day. I mean, Matt who, Waldron and who is pitching for Pedro, this team? Pedro Avila. It's, right. it's incredibly. I mean, yeah, the outfield is a little more taken care of, but we're still asking the, that question even with the Soto the pitch, trade. Yeah, even with the Soto trade, we're not 100% locked in with the pitching staff. Without the Soto trade, without Snell, without Waka, without Lugo, Lugo without Martinez. The the pitching staff really would probably be too bare to even think of the Padres being a contender. Right, even they, with Juan Soto. They yeah. might, might actually be more of a contender thanks to that trade than they were with Juan Soto and no pitching staff at all. Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen, uh, but you're you're right as far as a, a, the sheer number uh, of players involved. And I, I, was, I was happy for them because they have been much maligned uh, in Baltimore for many, many years. And, and we talked, I think, um, recently about their... They have a they have a really nice tradition of winning uh, as well in Baltimore and had some really really good teams over the years and to see what the Angelos family did to them over and over they had some of the scariest freaking teams man back in the day that you're like oh god I hope we don't play the Orioles in the first round and uh, with excellent players excellent players and they just could never get over the hump and now they are on such a great and healthy path one last just looking at their uh, it's been a long time from that for them. Orioles fans. I mean, they've got three World Series championships. Yep, they do. 66, 70, and 83. Yep. That was the last time they won the pennant was 1983. Damn, that's a long time. Uh, they won the AL East, obviously, last year. They won it back in 2014. Before that, it was tw- 1997. And then before that, 1983. Like, it's It's been a long time. They have the success in their history. Yep. But it's been a while. One last thought on the Burns trade. I still have that old mentality. Well, at least the Padres won't have to face him when you get traded to the American <laughs> League. With the balanced schedule, though, you'll get him. You yeah. still face that you're going to play the Orioles at one point. So you might you might hit Corbin Burns. You might not. You're only playing the Brewers twice. However, the Brewers are a team that you can see competing for one of those wild card spots in the National League. They're always kind of right around there, whether it's a division title or an 85 kind of win team. And they're absolutely a team that if you're the Padres and you're trying to, you know, sneak your way to 86 wins and, and get into the playoffs, that the Brewers could be a team that you were worried about. So, you know, if they don't have Corbin Burns, that could come into play sure. when it comes to a playoff chase at the end of the season. Yeah. And, you know, new manager there in town as well. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, it, but you're really bummed if you're a Wait, Brewers. Who did they fan. hire? Uh, Pat Murphy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They promoted Pat Murphy yeah, promoted to their him. manager. All right, let's get to the Rundle Report. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rundle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rundle Report with Paul Rundle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a All right. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. Happy Friday. Start off uh, with some news here in football. Saw the story uh, Pro Football Talk had this. So the timeline here. University of Washington goes to the national championship game, loses to Michigan. Nick Saban retires at Alabama. Kalen DeBear, the Washington head coach, 
leaves for Alabama, takes that job, took with him a lot of players, his coaching staff. That's standard. Along with one of those coaches was the offensive coordinator for Washington, Ryan Grubb, who was like hailed all season long. I mean, they had the most prolific offense. He's the guy. So he went with DeBear to Alabama. I get that. It says here he may be heading back to the state of Washington, but not to the University of Washington. They've already hired. They took, uh, who was it, Jed Fish, uh, Arizona's coach? Yes, they hired Arizona's coach who uh, did a great job for the Wildcats. Yep. So he's not going back to Washington for the Huskies. He could be going back to Washington to be the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks, oh. who just hired uh, Michael McDonald. <laughs> Talked about that the other day. But yeah, I started to think, I was reading that story and I go, hey, that's a smart move. A lot of people are like, oh, he's not just ready. Like, he's absolutely ready to be an NFL OC coordinator. And I go, I wonder if he like gets on the phone. He's like, hey, you haven't sold that house yet, right? He might be coming back. So he's in, he took the gig at Alabama and now he's like, oh, NFL's calling. Did you see the stories that Chip Kelly's been interviewing for offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL? He's the head coach at UCLA. Yeah, head coach. And he, a Big Ten school now, mind you. Yep. And he'd rather maybe be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. That's not a good look for UCLA, no, is it? not at all. No. Not at all. Like, just, no, never mind. I'll just go be a coordinator. It's kind of hard to come back. All right, boys, I'm ready to lead you, man. Here we go. Yeah, I, once I saw those <laughs> tweets, I'm going, is he done as UCLA head coach now? Just the fact that he's out there. Yeah, I'll take a, a lesser job in the NFL rather than have to coach this UCLA team in the Big Ten where we're going to get absolutely rocked every God, week. A lesser title in the NFL is still, still better than, than most, most college college head coaching. Yeah, but a Big Ten school, yep. he knows, right? They're going to get They're going to get throttled. They're going to get trucked. Yep. <laughs> Every week in the Big Ten, it's like he's like, "Can he get me out of here?" Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take whatever you got. Not a good sign. Smart. You leave. You leave. That's that's when you do it. Yeah, that's, that's when you do it. All right. Uh, one more story here in football. I did not know this. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, fun quarterback in his time. Yep. He retired. I had no idea. Did not hear that either. He recently retired after uh, about 10 years in the league, and he has already gotten a new job. He's going to be the head coach at his alma mater, uh, Miami Northwestern Senior High School. And I was reading about this. They said he never really left. Even when he was in the NFL, he was always coming back to visit the high school, help out with the program, whether financially or help out with some coaching. He was always still there, always had a presence at the high school, and now he has uh, become the head coach. He's only 31 years old. I was old. just going to say, I, I just looked that up and I go, I would have I would have lost that bet. If you had said over under 35, I would have gone over. Yeah, he was 31. the uh, 2014 first round pick for the Vikings. Wow. And he's already just hung him up. And now he's taking like that Philip Rivers path, going to coach high school football. I go back to my high school a lot and try to give back, but they don't want me. They don't remember me. They don't know who I am. Does anybody need any help on broadcasting? Any Anybody at all? I have not been to my high school since I left that I, last I, day. I don't think I've been back I'm not either. big into <laughs> alumni activities, which is funny because right after the show, I'm supposed to meet this woman for coffee Whoa. who's been trying to set up a meeting Whoa. with me for like a year. About like donating to my college and at Pomona. At Pomona, I've told her I don't really. Does have she much know who to she, she's talk like? To yeah. You. Do you know who I am? In the other way, I'm not giving you a nickel. Colonel Budget here. 
probably not giving much to a school that's fa- fairly well endowed and oh, tuitions, whoa, whatever. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. It's girthy. It's a very girthy school. Length <sighs> down very long. It's like money in a bank account for a college. Right. But so, I'll meet, you know. What? Why? You know how it's going to go. You already know how the I've story told, ends. I've already told her, too, but if there's another way I can help, like, like, with the, what? like the golf team or something. Doing what? I don't know. How I'm far is it? taking the meeting. How far is it? How far is what? Your college from here. Six hours? No, it's like an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, that's it? Pomona? Yeah, it's it was just farther. up the 15 at the 10. That's the farthest you've ever lived away from home, isn't it? It is. You help with the golf team how? I don't know. I don't know. But my buddy can, wanted me to meet with her. Uh, one of our tier ones, Hal, has emailed it. Just meet with her. Just fine. I will meet with her. I will have coffee. We can discuss things. It's fine. You can teach them how to talk in their friend's backswing. That's possible. When they're trying to get out of a sand trap, maybe. <laughs> hey, narrate your entire round shot by shot. Ben, she's not going to get a nickel out of you. I don't no. think so. Give her $100. Offer her $100. <laughs> maybe. This is like the Sopranos episode where <laughs> Tony gets shook down. I'll give five. Should I go no, to the ATM 50. before we get there just to get it all done? Give with her $100. Her. Just take it. <laughs> this I, this just comes out, too. I haven't heard about this. Yeah. A year she's been uh, tracking you? She's been after you for a year? Yeah. Can't you just write like a $500 check at the beginning of the year and be done? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather go sit at coffee with somebody to say no. She wants She wants to do a face-to-face. Do you think she's going to be able to sway you? No. Will you be strong? <laughs> I don't know what she's going to ask for. Money. I have no idea. She's going to ask you for money. Is that what they do? Yes. I, he doesn't tell us. This remember when I told you stop coming up with ideas. Bring me just your mundane I was stories. I going to tell you on Monday after how it went. <laughs> Something new for Monday to look forward to. This is fantastic, man. This is fantastic. And on a Friday after a long arduous <laughs> week, there's not a chance. He gets dressed. I would have told her. I know. There was the only, no I mean, way. I've said I, we've. I've, we've like thought about it like for months and tried to come up with dates and I can't do it. I can't do it. She said, "I'm in town on this Friday. Do it after your show. Just grab a quick coffee. It's like fine. Check it off my box. I will do it. I will talk. <laughs> you are, you are talk. such a gem, such a gem. All right. Finally, my last story here. It's uh, a banger. God, this uh, this post, man. Somebody sent this over to me and they sent over a quote tweet. Now the quote tweet said. I'll give you a million guesses as to what this tweet below is in response to. You won't think about it. And the tweet in question was from uh, James 70889886. And it says, Please put walls between urinals in the men's bathroom at City Field Mets. This is 2024. Men feel uncomfortable and don't pee next to men urinating. Fights can happen when men look at the of other men. At CBS New York, at NBC New York, at Fox 5 New York, at Stephen A. Cohen 2, at New York Post, at New York Daily News. The owner, the newspapers. And then you scroll up. like That alone is a wild post. But when you scroll up in what it was response to yesterday, the Mets, at Mets, tweeted out, A graphic, and they wrote, uh, We are proud to celebrate hashtag Black History Month throughout the month of February. (laughs) 
He has put that response, though, on about a thousand Mets tweets. I went and dug <laughs> deep into his timeline yesterday. The tweet that I just read, though, has been viewed over 10 million times. So he wants partitions between the urinals. There's not a trough, I don't think, where that now I'll be. Look, let's there be. There should be. Let's be I mean, honest. There should be. Uh, I heard at the old Qualcomm, it was just the it metal was. trough. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the trough. The fear. Yeah. Gone, done, done my business in that trough many a time. The panic up. that you get when you walk in there, you're like, uh, okay, this is, here, here we go. How you doing? Like your, your touch, your yeah, shoulder no, to sh- shoulder with yeah. a guy. Yeah. But if it's just urinals, you don't need a partition between the urinal. Between the different urinals. You should have one, No, you don't need one. absolutely should have one. No, it's unnecessary. You can turn... If you're afraid, you can turn a certain way. You know? We have a... We have... In between ours, there's a a partition. I mean, this is very American. I remember when I went to my trip to Italy. Sometimes you go to the bathroom, it's just a hole in the floor. It's a hole in the floor. (laughs) With multiple people standing around it. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, better than you are. Right? Yeah. You mentioned that he had... Uh, he's put it on a thousand put, yeah, tweets. Yeah, that's, that's his... To shtick. The hill that he, he's willing to die he on. He really wants and those and partitions. Looked. James 708-89-886. I'll uh, put his, <laughs> put his, shot, his camera or his photo, his profile picture there on the YouTube stream. Oh, James, what are we doing? <laughs> he really wants it. Do men get in fights? I have not, I've been I, a lot no, of I have not rooms. actually seen a fight And what would the fight out? be over? <laughs> That's a good question. What's the, what's we the fighting? What the? I think it was a cell phone, maybe. Like, maybe a cell jealous? phone. But like, what kind of fights have has there? <laughs> Look at him. Looks like Eric could send a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I mean, just the images. It's... I mean, don't make fun of anybody else. That could start. Is a that fight. a fight? If someone like... else is making fun. <laughs> yes, you can start a fight. That would just be rude in the maybe bathroom. Somebody else is looking at him and laughing. You call and that a he's penis, them. right? <laughs> I've never seen. I've seen plenty of fights at the ballpark. I didn't know they were over wieners. I had no idea. Maybe I, I missed that uh, entirely. Thank you, Paulie. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, on Paulie's rundown, he asked the question here coming up in our next segment. What can Ben tell us about the Utah State Aggies, who are San Diego State's opponent tomorrow it's in big, basketball? It's a big one, Benny. Here's what I can tell you. They have, I think, undisputably the greatest player in college basketball history. I will explain when we come back after traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. This Hour of Ben Woods is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Welcome back. Um, like most of my teases, what I said before the break is technically accurate. He's just clever told, he and also us, yeah, he told us quite misleading. Line. Oh, my God. <laughs> when I said Utah State has the greatest college basketball player of all time. I'm so ready to go. <laughs> He's actually a very good player. In fact, according to the metrics, uh, Jaden Ledee... And Utah State big man, Great Osabor, are the two best players in the Mountain West. But his name is Great, G-R-E-A-T. 
So he is literally the greatest player in college basketball history because that is his name. But there's a good chance that the uh, game will be decided by those two guys underneath and who has the better game between the two. I wish your mom would have named you Clever. Clever Higgins. He's, I'm the most clever in town. His name's Great Osabu. Great Osabor. 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 6'8", 250. Oh, God. Uh, Ladi is leading slightly in scoring in the conference. Osabor is leading Ladi slightly in rebounding at the top of the conference. But the, they're about the same size. Ladi 6'9", 240. Osabor 6'8", 250. And they will be going toe-to-toe tomorrow afternoon. At Viejas Arena with, um, well, the Aztecs can't move into first place because Utah State only has one loss. But if they win, they'll be back within a game of a very tightly packed conference standings. If the Aztecs lose, they will be three back with nine to play and still have to go to Utah State. Pretty much game over when it comes to regular season conference titles. So, hugely important game tomorrow for the Aztecs, and they'll have to find a way to shut down uh, the greatest player. Great. In college basketball. Great Osibor. Uh, we'll see, too, Benny, if the, the home cooking uh, happens tomorrow. and if Because if, those two are going to be going toe-to-toe underneath. We'll see if Jaden gets the, the majority of the calls or if great Osibor make, you know, gets the, the, so, the calls. Yeah, Mark Ziegler had an interesting stat about the Aztecs. When Jaden Ledee attempts eight or more free throws in a game, just attempts eight or more, the Aztecs are 9-0. and when he does not, they are four and five against D one co- competition. Tough to shoot free throws when they never call foul. They never give you fouls. Yeah, I mean it's insane. So, and he, he has written as well about the phenomenon that has been studied by you know researchers, psych- psychological researchers when it comes to referees and the subconscious tendency makes to sense, give man. more calls to the home team. They even have a name for it. It's called influence conformity. It makes perfect sense, dude. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, as, even as when you know your is. job is to be neutral, yes. and you're thinking, I am completely unbiased, I don't care about either of these teams, when you have a giant crowd of you know 15,000 people screaming, and there's a part of your brain that you don't even know about that is going, if I do this, they're all going to go crazy happy. And if I do this, they're all going to go crazy mad. Yep. Your brain, without even, like, you're not going through it. You're not, I don't think referees sit Mentally there and go, thinking. I'm going to make this call because it's going to make the crowd delighted. But there's somewhere below your actual, like, thinking level, your subconscious level, that makes you think you saw a foul or didn't see a foul because your brain does or doesn't want you to call it because of the reaction you're going to get from the crowd. Bro, all you have to do is watch some of the referees from time to time when they're refing a home game. They were doing it in the last Aztecs game. The guy was the most demonstrative, like, boom, pointing, like doing bits and stuff the whole time. The, Why? It felt personal. Because the place, yes, it felt personal, Polly. <laughs> the, the place goes nuts. The greatest example of... Influence conformity of all time involving an official is Frank Drebin <laughs> in, the na- in the Naked Gun. <laughs> but that is essentially that's essentially what we're talking about: influence conformity on official. He, you see it. He's, he goes strike, strike, and the place goes under. And he turns around. And he's like, Oh my God! See you right. My father, Gary Woods, who may be listening right now, 
I thought he urinated himself. The first time we watched that movie, together, he was he was convulsing, dude. He was he thought it was the funniest thing. So then I started laughing when I see that scene. Talk about a flood of 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 great memories and dopamine. But yes, what a brilliant brilliant pull! I was waiting for him to be like, you know, uh, Big East the Fish Fred Jackson in 1984. And he pulls. Come on, Woods, you remember that? You remember? <laughs> oh, God, here I go. He's going to embarrass me again. Frank Drabin! Turn- oh. Yes, you're in- right! Influence conformity. <laughs> and then the, the best one of it. So after he calls the strike, the very next pitch is a quarter of the way there. And he goes, Steve, right? I, dude, I die. Every time I see that, we got Eric Gregg here. Oh my God, <laughs> Betty! What a great pull! Thank you so much for that. So keep an eye out that you know <sighs> the Aztecs should be getting the calls tomorrow because they're at home and <sighs> we got the Vigilas Arena crowd. That'll Please be, going be crazy, Frank Drebin, uh, in the <laughs> in the stripes tomorrow. All right, we've got uh, one segment left, and looking forward to this, we're going to have a conversation with. Trevor Baptiste of the San Diego Seals, who Woods has told us, is the best at his particular job yep. out of anyone on the planet. He does it better than anybody else. And uh, we'll talk to Trevor in our final segment of Ben Woods next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Pipes, ready to go. You've had a nice long layoff. You know, it's uh, they are going to be fine. I think be uh, doing the PA on Sunday at Pachanga Arena, San Diego, for our beloved San Diego Seals. First place, San Diego Seals. Been doing the PA there. I've never missed a home game. I, I feel good. I'm at about eighty percent right now. Um, got a kid's birthday party tonight. Bo's birthday party, and then my folks will have Bo and Taylor all day tomorrow. All day. Like, they're yours. And so I'm going to get rested up. Hannah and I have a little anniversary lunch we're doing. We've moved it because we can't eat at 7.30 p.m. That's too late for us. So we're going to lunch. Lunch. Yeah. Going to do lunch instead. Uh, so I'll be rested and ready to go. Now, it's weird. It's a Sunday game. We don't have a lot of Sunday games. It's going to be at 3 p.m. at Pachanga. But that's also a pretty pretty good time to have a game. There's, It's not too late. You bring the kids. For you, for sure. For me, it's great. But, like, and I think for, you know, other parents and stuff like that. It's not late. It doesn't start at seven o'clock on a Sunday night. You feel like you're going to get home by six o'clock and and you know be ready to roll. So I'm excited about a, a three p.m. start on Sunday. Have you seen a Joe Ty lately? I saw him. I saw him when we did the retirement ceremony for Brody Merrill. He's the owner of the Seals. Also yep. happens to own the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Not having a good season no. in Brooklyn. That's tough. He's committed. He wants to bring a championship to the Seals in San Diego. He's so a lot. Seems like he always tries to get the best players every single year. And last year, the Seals had one big deficiency. Correct? Yes. They were one well, of the worst since, teams in the league. Since we started, really. Uh, yeah. Since the team started. It was like the one glaring weakness you looked at and you said, face-offs. We don't win them. 
And when you control the ball, you have the chance to score. It just makes sense. There's it's, a lot of faceoffs in, in lacrosse there, too. There's a ton. after every goal. Yep. Uh, start of every half, but it, pretty much after every goal, it's like you don't kick off to the other team. You get to face off at the middle again. Yep, you can score a goal when a face off like score hockey, a goal. Yep. but in hockey that you know it changes hands more often. You get a, a full possession extra. Yep, when you win a face off, and so when they went out and got this guy, Trevor Baptiste, it was it, I, I I yelped because he's the best in the world. The best in the world. And we will talk with Trevor Baptiste of the San Diego Seal right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. And joining us right now in Bennett Woods is Seal's transition player and the face-off specialist to end all face-off specialist (laughs) in indoor box lacrosse. Trevor Baptiste is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Trevor, good morning to you. Good morning. How you guys doing? Man, we're doing well. Um, I'll see you Sunday. I'll be the one in 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 the in the glass, you know, beating on the glass, getting you guys hyped up. It's been such a pleasure to have you uh, on the squad. And I was just telling the guys when when they traded for you last year, I thought to myself, and I actually I went, I like yelled out loud. I said, "This is this is the this is the piece. This is the piece that we needed here in San Diego to win a championship." How is your uh, How's it been being here instead of Philly? Oh, uh, no, no, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, it's been great, you know. Um, I think uh, I, I really like the team. We really got a great group of guys, not only talent-wise, but also just from a personality standpoint. Um, I think we really mesh together well. They're, they're, we're a team that really likes to, to spend time together, which I think is so important. Um, I really love the coaching staff and organization. Um, it's definitely different than Philly. You know, Philly was you know, East Coast. East Coast team and, uh, you know, Philly sports fans kind of get a, a little bit of a, a rap, but, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed the city and I feel like I feel embraced here and, um, and it's, and the weather's really great except for apparently <laughs> these past two days, apparently. Correct. <laughs> so I, w- I want to understand these face-offs. First of all, Charlie, what's your career face-off win percentage? Do you know? Um, I don't know, man. I, I've, I've taken so many faceoffs. I like uh, I and I try not to really keep track of that. Uh, you know, I I definitely want to let you ask the question. He's very modest. Yeah, it's like over seventy five to eighty percent. It's an Which insanely insane. high percentage. Now the mechanics are what interests me. Like in NBA, you got the opening tip. The referee throws the ball up. They jump. Someone tips it. In hockey, they they drop the puck, so the referee goes in, throws the puck in the middle, and they fight for it with their sticks. Now, in lacrosse, I've noticed the ball is just sitting there, and you guys are like face-to-face with the sticks and the arms on the ground. How exactly does it work? Explain to me the process of the face-off, Trevor. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you kind of said it. So the ball starts on the ground, then you put your sticks down kind of parallel to the midline with the ball on the line and uh the ref basically says you know down puts you down the set in your stance get your stick down then he says set and then blows a whistle and then you just kind of all out go for it it is such a uh like i'm right there i'm right there i'm it's it's directly in front of me you know, when sometimes I'm in the you like box. try to pull it back toward you other yep. times you like push it away you it's, push, there's different strategies you, you on can, how to make it work you can flip to the guys behind you yeah it's a absolutely it's a melee i mean it is full-on like a scrum and there's phys- i mean you can oh, be bump, you bump the guy physical. you're trying to knock him off his place while also trying to get the ball and you're trying to probably it's like poker too like you're trying to read 
what your opponent's trying to do yeah. at the same time and he's trying to read what you're trying to do? Absolutely. Yeah, like like poker, like you said, even like, um, you know, a chess match in some ways and or even like a rock, paper, scissor, you know, like yeah. if he does this, I got to do this, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, it's really physical. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big physical piece of the game, which – which I which I really enjoy too. You see teams. We're talking to Trevor Baptiste from the San Diego Seals here on Ben and Woods, and you see teams toward like the third quarter. The guy where he came out fired up, and he was, oh, I'm, "I'm taking on Trevor Baptiste today." By the end of the third quarter, he's kind of half bending down and like, uh, "I'm not. I, like, I don't want to get my ass kicked." He's going to win this thing anyway. I might as well spare myself. No, just take it. Just take it. Just take the thing. And it's <laughs> been it's been such a huge, huge, huge boost to our our, our hometown seals. And uh, man, I've I've loved it. I've loved watching you guys in first place right now. You've beaten some really, really good teams. Lost some games you probably shouldn't have. I know that that that's how Coach Merrill and the rest of the guys are feeling. But um, you know, got it. Got another big one this weekend. Rivalry game on Sunday. Tell us about uh, what you guys are going to do to make sure. Sure. Let's make sure we take care of business uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's a it, it's a big game. I think Colorado's a, a rival of ours. Yep, they've ended our season a couple times. So you know, we we beat them a couple weeks back in Colorado. I think that they're going to come back here uh, pretty desperate for a win and being really hungry. So I think we just got to focus on us, you know, and and just keep looking to to take those those steps forward as a team and as a group because we're on a little bit of a win streak. And, you know, I think if we play our game, we can beat anybody, you know? Now, um, last thing for me. So you're out there, you win those face-offs, and oftentimes then you just run right back off to the bench and then come back on. But sometimes you stay on. How do you ever, like, decide, like, how that's going to work? Yeah, it's kind of uh, just – I think a lot of things go into it. But mainly, you know, if – we don't win the face off like playing defense. Um, they usually always stay and play defense because, um, you know, it's, I think it's this kind of part of being a transition player. Uh, and then also, you know, it kind of depends on, I don't want to get like too technical, but like how far your change is. So, you know, our benches are on one side of the floor. So if we have the long change and, you know, if we're on offense and, the shot clock's pretty low, then it's like you might as well just stay yeah, play, okay. you know, in that, in that case. So do you, like, um, never, almost never get to score a goal? Well, he, just, he'll take some shots from time yeah. to time. Sometimes you'll win one. and Just and right, quick shot, like a quick shot. shot. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I think teams definitely do a, uh, a good job of trying to, like, prevent scoring off the faceoff. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think, I think I'll – I think I'll be, I think I'll put a couple in. I think I'll definitely put a couple in this year. That's what every face-off specialist <laughs> says. Every face-off specialist wants to score ten goals a season. But hey, man, you keep winning face-offs. Do whatever you want to do. It's been a uh, delight to to watch you. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, won a championship so badly uh, for the city, for the for the the players. I love all the players. I love Coach Merrill. I love every everybody in the organization. It has been such a treat for me the last five years to be a part of it, Trevor. And can't wait for Sunday, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring. He's got me fired up now. So I was I was feeling eighty percent. Now I'm at a hundred percent, ready to jam on Sunday. So we really appreciate you. Oh no, I appreciate you. That means a lot. And excited to see you guys this weekend. Let's go Seals. Let's go Seals. Love it. Trevor Baptiste. That that was a fun conversation. I I enjoyed that. 
it's weird because there are specialists in in different sports, and I don't know. To me, I guess faceoff guy, I'd combine it like fullback. Like you almost never touch the ball. Your job is basically clear the lane for the running back. But every once in a while, you get that that opportunity. You're not the star, but you're essential. But he out is, of the he field, is a star. In in the the world of lacrosse, a star. When the again, when the name comes down and you realize you got him on your team, you're like, oh my god! Like a close. Well, the analytics side of me can see how valuable. Oh, it's it is. so valuable because if you're ever behind, let's say you're down three goals. Which, by the way, in the NLL, you can be down six goals with three minutes left. You're like, we got plenty of time. They, no one panics. It's crazy because how you fast. got on a run and you yep. score, and he keeps winning the faceoff. Then you good. get another thirty second possession. You score again, faceoff. You can you can stop the other team cold. They never even get to touch the ball. So in if last, you keep winning faceoffs. In last week's game against Philly, they had a six goal, seven goal lead with very little time left. Philly goes on; they score six six goals in a row unanswered, and you you end up hanging on by one. But that's how quick you can go on a run. That's how a guy like Trevor Baptiste can help you. Uh, it is just it's insane uh, what he's capable of doing. So come out Sunday. Look forward to seeing you. If you've never been, it is such a fun time. Um, and stay tuned for some Ben and Woods Seals uh, appearance and, and appearance coming up very soon. You guys are going to love this. All right, uh, a couple minutes left in the program today, Paulie. Are we ready to just get to it? All right, uh, let's uh, let's make everybody smile, especially me, with things <laughs> Ben likes. I like good, juicy, sweet strawberries. I like a good marching band. I like a good, thin pancake. I like a Nickelback song or two. I pizza like a barbecue too. chicken pizza. I really like those seeds. They're- I like a midnight buffet. <laughs> I kind of like the smell of soft scrub. I like more of a small derriere. I like cake. I like it, Sheeran. I like no. both a hamburger and a cheeseburger. I like clocks. I like how I've kind of set up my life. I like. Oh, no, I like it creamy. I like... Good, firm banana. I like just looking out at the sea. I like eating. I like moist. I like curry. I like big butts. I like fried Brussels sprouts. I like more of a firm filling. I like corn. I like Nordstrom. I do like musicals. I like pepperoni. I like nice hotels. I like Nick getting a start today. I like nuts. I like Steph Curry. I like that song. (laughs) I like Squirt. I like Saki. I like San Diego State. I like uh, Straight Up, Paul Abdul. I like the beef and broccoli. I like to mix it up. I like science experiments. I like that song. I like the crispiness of the waffle. I really like cheese. I like the little lunch meat. I like very straight lines. I like cannelloni. I like a well-crafted headline. I like brown sugar. I like maps. I'll say I like Justin Turner. I like going to golf games. (laughs) I like diving into chores. I like sugar. I do like Butterfinger. I like blue and silver. are not bad colors. I like the time change. I like Major League Baseball's new rule. I like the radio. I like geography. I like the knuckle method. I like Skippy. And I like pie. And I like Bob Melvin. I really do. I like Jace Tingler, too. I like this day. I like being right. I still do like movie scores. I like good food. I like maps. I like when interviews can turn into organic conversations. I do like a Sofer's French bread pizza. I like having the wind go through my hair. I think I like shows that the characters have an arc. I like the full lettuce, tomato, onion experience as well. I like those kind of burgers. I like the big overflowing bag of fries. I like those little smarties rolls. I liked what I saw from Seth Lugo. I liked his competitive fire. 
I like walking around between the different lands. Steve Kerr, though, I like that. I like <laughs> living on the coast. I like watching Tiger still. I like the idea of that matchup. I liked what I saw in the preseason. I like the aloneness sometimes of Texas Hold'em. I like watching San Diego State basketball. I like those cashew-buttered cashews. I like cold, <laughs> clear sake. What is a cashew-buttered oh. cashew? <laughs> it's like one of those Trader Joe's treats where they cover the cashew in, in cashew butter cashew and its own butter. butter. <laughs> feels... You've never been covered in your own butter? I've never been covered in my own butter. I bet I would be more delicious if I were. More fattening. I like cannelloni. This is so random. The stuff you talk about. I like Steph Curry. Murders me every time. I like Steph Curry. And by the way, for everyone, well, what about all the new ones? Polly has been collecting and, them. and we will at some point debut round three. It's going to be 45 minute yeah. long. By the time it's all long. done, we'll have an entire show worth of Ben's likes. It never, ever ceases to make me laugh. And that is the uh, main goal of the Ben and Woods program, my friends. Educate you a little bit, learn from you a lot, and uh, try to make you laugh on a daily basis. That is it. I just got the text from my wife that just has ruined my day. Oh, boy. It says, uh, I have bad news. Oh, boy. We have to go to Costco. And I said, why? Why do we? I was going to go home, spend some time alone, take a little nap. I'll go to Costco. You go donate to my college. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Ben's proxy. He's he's Um, at Costco for me. He's at Costco with my wife. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you. You're not getting a nickel from him. Thanks for the coffee and the bun, dear. You're Matt Damon in Goodwill. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck. Yeah. A suspect. Yeah, you. Hey, you you know, got $20? Here Heretofore. We should do a swap, actually. You go to Costco with Anna. I'll go meet your lady for coffee. Uh, real quick. But you know I'd end up donating five grand. Yes, that's you know problem. I would. J-Man in the chat says, when is the tournament of drops? That will be happening next month. Next Stay month. Tuned. Yes. We're now a month away. Next week's our last week without Padres baseball, too. Right. Annie and Elston with uh, Sammy Levitt sitting in coming up next year on 97.3 The Fan. Have a great weekend, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.